forever. Dog. Warning, the following podcast contains three stereotypical men with high automotive IQs talking about engines that go vroom, vroom, horns that go beep, beep, and bumpers that are also mouths that say ka-chow. All this plus examining what's under the hood of Epcot's first thrill ride. It's Test Track on today's podcast, The Ride. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Test Track episode. My name is Scott McKim. I'm up here in the Podcast The Ride Center. Uh, in just a couple of minutes, you're going to be out there in that podcast, but uh, let's uh, first put together the episode schedule. Okay, we're going to start you off on an accelerated riff climb. This is designed to test the integrity of the comedians. Uh, let's put up a few co-hosts. How about uh, Mike and Jason? Yep. Hello. Mike is, Mike is here. This is me. Checking in, setting up the podcast safety cones. Fantastic. We're going to weave in and out those riffs with facts and uh, non sequiturs and long tangents that really have nothing to do with the attraction today. That's right. And we're going to weave in and out first uh, using the uh, not using the anti-lock brakes, and then we'll uh, do it again just to show how they work. Now, if this whole routine uh, feels a bit indulgent, you're absolutely right. But that's what a podcast is all about. Hey, I'll see you out, here, out there in that topic. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> uh, I, I should, you know what, in, in retrospect during the bit, I should have said, and we're going to be uh, experiencing some tangents about the bad boys of Boston. <laughs> I'm, of course, talking about Aerosmith. <laughs> uh, but I know you were right the first time. I'll edit it in. I'll edit it in after no, the fact. No, no, it's what it so is. It seems what it seamless. Is. Edit out the one you just said. All right, fine. Um, hey, guys, it's Test Track. We're test talking track. Test Track. What I just did is from, that was a kind of a appropriate excerpt from Test Track 1.0. Yes. Uh, which may, I think I know more about i would say yes um part of doing this episode like doing test track now i i knew i was going to epcot specifically in a few weeks and like oh maybe that's a fun one and i wondered if i would go because i haven't gotten to see 2.0 the tronified yes. remake of oh you haven't seen it? i haven't i didn't get to do oh, it uh, i was wow. wondering if i would i remain just <sighs> intrigued and you guys are gonna have to fill me in on that yeah. Um, so real quick, I mean, test track. We'll go off to a hot start here. Test track. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, is basically a ride where you are in the car while they test a car. That's the gist of it. Yes. Uh, um, notably, Kevin Rafferty, the Imagineer, uh, refers to it in his book as Epcot's first e-ticket thrill ride. Oh, okay. That's accurate. Uh, yeah. That is accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so they've done some changes to it over the years. Now it's uh, now it's neon. Now it looks like a cosmic bowling night, essentially. Yeah, it looks like that. With Circus Circus, I think is doing. Um, is it Circus Circus doing like a neon amusement park? There's like I feel like a lot of times there's like gimmicks for places where it just goes neon. It's neon now. Like, you can go see it, and it's neon lights. By the way, that works on me. Oh, often. I was going to say, that Close works on me, too. No, I, yeah. Yeah. golf, whatever it is. Yes, great. Yeah. Um, uh, glowing blue and green neon, I think, is always in style. And, like, watching both versions of Test Track back-to-back today to refresh myself, I was like, oh, that second version is pretty slick and dynamic, mm-hmm, even though it's mm-hmm. from 20, nearly yeah. 10 years ago at this point. Yeah. Yeah, what I'm calling the new one, yes, is pretty old still at this point. Right, so... Uh, 
Oh, I'm already getting into my feelings on Test Track, and they're very mixed. And I apologize if this is controversial. Oh, sure. No, no, no. But the neon is not <laughs> room. There's one of the cars There's, now. Yeah. Uh, the neon does not uh, do a ton. It's not oh, such right? a big deal. Because I was like, oh, wow, they Tronified it, you know? Because Tron had come out in the Shanghai Disney, and I was like, oh, maybe this is really going to give this thing some juice. Because at the time, I, the time I had gone on it before, I was like a little let down. Because I was like, when I was a kid, it was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And we love that 60 miles per hour, whatever, 45, what is it? Uh, it goes up to <laughs> specifically 64.9 64, miles an right. hour at top speed. I apologize. Speed limit, I guess. Um, but I was like, do I? This is fine. This ride is fine now. And maybe I think because there's sort of a, I've, is, is there maybe an upkeep issue with it? Like, like it maybe has not been the most finely tuned. I feel like it came out of the gate hot. And I remember feeling similar in the, uh, in the mid 2000s. Well, yeah. And let's not forget it. It, they were plugging it. They were promoting it for so long and it had so many production issues that it opened much later than it was supposed to. So I feel like it was coming soon forever. Yeah. Because the former attraction right, in yes. the space, World of Motion, closed in 96. And then this uh, test track, the first version, doesn't open until officially March 1999. But it did soft opening starting in December 1998. So, like, months of soft openings oh, wow. while they fine-tuned it's it. pretty long, <sighs> yeah. And it took forever to build. I remember a lot of build-up, a lot of hype. And, yeah. Um, I think what I would say is, I bet I would have given this, like, an A-plus when I went on it as a kid. And now it's like mm, C plus, huh? Maybe, huh. maybe this is. I'm coming in hot. I apologize, but no, no, I'm no, a little fine. like I don't need to go on it again. Well, that's what you know. I was weighing that being there recently. Like, you made is the that decision. Worth, you're looking at that. Uh, you're looking at that line number. You're really weighing the line number. Yes. I think I was. I think I was looking at eighty. Um, and I don't know, was that worth an 80, like no. corralling the big group? Mm -mm. That's a lot, that's a lot of beer missed if we hit that 80. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, 80 minute. Yeah. There's no fast. If it's a fast pass. Okay. Yeah. Right. And knowing that if you're, um, if you're, if, uh, you know, a bunch of Californians rolling in, I know that the reaction to that might be, it was cool. But it's not as good as Radiator Springs Racers. Yes, yes. That's again, right. we're jumping all around. We I'm can sorry, sort of it's weave my fault. The story of it more. Yeah, but isn't that what you might? And I like now. I don't feel like super negative about. No, it. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to like uh, you know start things on on a bummer note. But I think you do view this. You have to view it at this point as the building block to other. I agree. Yes. yes, I agree. Which uh. it's a crucial building block. It unlocked a lot of. Uh, you know, great technologies and uh, this entire ride mechanism that I think just w has been uh, topped by the other things that used it. Mm -hmm. When when we were down all together in the fall of 2019, I think I was the only one who went off and did it. And I don't know if we, if you guys had left the park or I was there another day and just hopped on it in the single rider line. Mm -hmm. You found time between like testing various boats and the yeah, wait yeah, time on boats and how like, long a, 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 a tram took you would sure. to the boat. Let's you, start. Let's see how they apply to urban planning. You know, <laughs> and you had different insoles in your shoes, and you wanted to see how the different insoles reacted to the different pavements in Epcot. Yeah, you just wanted to test those as well. How long does it take to get from the Raclette 
cheese station to mm-hmm. like the French cream puff station. Right. And how, food do, and, wine. and how do your Achilles tendons feel after you've walked there? Um, as the uh, history, modern, current history has shown me not well. Oh, that's uh, true. No. That's a good point. I'm uh, sorry. I didn't want to bring I'm that up. But I'm working on it. Um, uh, uh, so I did go on it and the ride itself, I, I did like it. It was feeling very rough and I think it recently closed for like a month or so for refurbishment. That said, the first impression after I, of course, uh, designed my SIM car that will ride on the SIM track and we'll yeah. get to that rigmarole. Um, uh, I, they put us in the car, we put our seatbelt on and, and we moved maybe three feet and then someone slammed the emergency stop button on the console because someone's seatbelt was loose and it felt like I had just gotten like clotheslined across the chest <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, I, this isn't, isn't a great first start. And I... Ridden some rickety rides, but I was like, "Oh, that was a shock to the system." So you got like a you were te- you were in a car and it was tested on you. Like the the, the system worked, honestly. I yeah, the extra system little test worked both practically and storyline wise. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, luckily, you had those seatbelts there. Imagine if you didn't; they worked <laughs> as they should have. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You would have flown out of the car. <laughs> The Ralph Wiggum gif. <laughs> the first four feet of the ride, and I'm like splattered across the job, <laughs> peeling myself off the track. Now yeah. let's try it without the seatbelts. <laughs> uh, moaning. Did the whole car of people, children. Did the person that didn't have their seatbelt on, wouldn't that have thrown them out of the vehicle? No, it was like in, but it was like I think a little loose or something. Mm, but like, or like they didn't do they did first checks, but they didn't do double. Che- it, you got to tug on the dirty. Very yeah, stupid reason. Yeah, dirty maybe they didn't strap. tug on the dirty yellow, yellow straps. straps. Yeah, very important. Yeah, um, I may a... be bringing some personal baggage into it too because the last time that I went on it, I was like, was I taking a picture? That must have been what it was. And like we were, we just gotten off the ride. And then I'm I'm probably to either I'm just dilly dallying or like fixing something that was loose or like where's my sunglasses for some reason I'm like in the unload area essentially and then a car arrives so loud and with such squealing that everybody in the room everybody waiting to get on other people uh, the employees everybody like turns to look it's like so jarring and then in a true nightmare scenario. A, an employee turns to me and says, you know why that happened? Because of you. You need to keep moving. You need to walk out of this area. You're too close to the car. So it applied the emergency and that, uh, the, you did that. Wow. Oh, that's insane. Okay. That's so shitty. Wait, what was I, this? How was I to know? I don't know the ins and outs. I'm not hosting a theme park podcast yet. I don't know what what sensors trigger what. Wow. Um, yeah, when was that? I don't know. Probably like uh, 2010 or something, pre this, 2.0. I may have shared this story on the podcast before, but I built, were you, you may have been with me, you may not have. It was the opening, coincidentally, of Radiator Springs Racer. And there was somebody running like kind of the area, the queue area that was screaming at everyone. They were, it was crazy. I've never seen any employee at Disney like screaming at everyone. And we went to, I don't remember if we were like, we weren't going to go tell on them, but we were telling on them for some like fast pass reason. We were going to go like talk to a different supervisor somewhere. And we explained what was happening and they were like, oh yeah, that person's from Florida. Um, (laughs) 
it's a different thing over and full like they were like alluding to like people <laughs> the world disney world scream more or they're more intense oh like a, almost a, a stereotypical new yorkian like yes they'll tell you what they think and they got attitude uh-huh so i i was we were like whoa really <laughs> we well, had never it was management right it was someone in like like slacks and a dress shirt or well it was somebody in a, in a definitely in an authoritative position yeah as far as because it was opening weekend and they must have gotten some reinforcements because it was such a big deal and it was yeah because it was yeah. the whole cars land opening the whole land had opened and somebody was really intense and then somebody from california who worked there was just like person from florida <laughs> yeah i i wasn't with you during the incident but i met up with you i think right after that and you just had a stack of make good <laughs> like however many in your party fast passes that seems right yeah my my memory of the whole thing is muddy i just remember a california person selling all of disney world out all wow the- now this is a talking point these are fighting words i think because we certainly have listeners who work in yes. disney world and i'm curious like do you think? Do, are you all look? Are you all yelling at each other? That's right. All the I'm time, wondering. And the guests. I haven't found that when we go to Disney World. No, not besides this one incident. No. Right, and this was in California. So is it only if you're working on a, a slot car attraction? Yeah, like that you, you get like it's something about being a, <laughs> a Floridian slot car attraction operator. Yeah, that oh. gets you like almost like being a. Like a New York taxi cab dispatcher, mm-hmm. like Louis, Louis De Palma. Ta- yeah, exactly. From Taxi, Just Danny turns DeVito. everybody into Louis. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Wouldn't it be funny if it was the same person who yelled at you? They yelled at us. Whoa, <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, maybe it wasn't that far after. Yeah, a couple oh, years boy. later, they had to go out to California. I don't know. It could be. Who knows? It was um, maybe somebody listening. Like, no, like worked for that person. <laughs> it's possible. Do you remember a yeller? Or they still work there. They still work at Test Track. Or who who knows? Maybe. I think it could be fine. I don't know. This feels like the kind of thing where we might get the person like, I guess I know exactly what you're talking well, about. Because we also, if anybody's listening that worked like opening of Cars Land at Disneyland and there was a yeller from Florida, they probably remember them. If you were staying at a hotel across the street, you probably remember that person. They were yelling <laughs> sure. so loud. Yeah. And, and if you live in California and you know who this is, um, and you work in the parks division. Uh, congratulations on meeting them again at Lake Nona, your new office. Oh, and <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you're talking about everybody move, being forced to move to Florida? The, yeah, the 2,000 oh, yeah, jobs, yeah. they're moving to an office park next to the Orlando Airport runways. <laughs> oh, man. You know how you love Lake living and Nona. working in Southern California, one of the coolest places in the country, if not the world. Mm. Well, now you live in Florida, which is about to have a Southern California-style housing crisis, so enjoy that <laughs> wow jason really bringing the episode you really about. i think you make people feel much worse about it i think they're <laughs> hanging their heads in shame now i mean i think if i was working in like burbank land like living in the san fernando valley and everything and like they're like you have to go live in florida if you want to keep your job it's like oh uh hmm well look believe me i in the last couple months i still i i've been like maybe we just move to orlando <laughs> I still think that's fine. Like, yeah, that's so, what I'm, yeah, you're I'm saying, a, like, yeah, who, who would ever move from Burbank to Orlando? I'm like, we got one yeah, right here. I would do it, and you would do it, too. Don't act like you're above that. Um, I'm upset, by the way. I, I feel for people because Disney's forcing them to do it. Yeah. Believe me. But as far as moving to Orlando, I don't know. 
But they've done this before. They moved like half oh, yeah, the animation yeah. division this and then moved goes, them back a few years this later. This just goes back and forth where like budgets and like tax breaks and they're like, well, we could save uh, $25 million if we move everyone over here and they have to uproot their whole life. And then yeah. and then a couple of years later, it's like, eh, never mind. Let's You can work here again. <laughs> Yeah, that no, this is a, a a rich history of doing this. Well, and Tesco um, pointed out too, Epic Universe is about to open in a few years at Universal, so like an arms race will probably start in Florida with Disney having to respond to like a whole new park. Oh, you know? sure. Yeah, and that's when maybe when Epic Universe opens is when we decide to finally move. That's when we mm-hmm. actually just put the proximity. I mean, we're it's just the airfare is going to get expensive, so why yeah, even do Yeah, cuz we're going to have to go there a lot to cover all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be, yeah, we're going to have to do, there'll be a city walk saga for whatever that like esplanade thing is there. Because mm-hmm. that's univ- That's going to be a new, ver- by the way, I'm just having this realization for the first time. That's going to be like their new high end city walk, basically. I don't know if it'll be called oh. city walk, but it's truly, I'm just realizing it. It'll be shops and restaurants, maybe a ride, maybe other experiences. And that's going to be like some sort of like ultra high end fancy city walk that we'll have to like put on a suit and tie and go and experience all of it, and then there'll probably be some sort of a wacky adventure. Well, right, because it's like an Esplanade Main Street ticketless right. combo, supposedly. Right, but will it be called, what would it be, uh, Diamond City Walk or something? Like, what would you call, <laughs> what would you call the luxurious know. version of City Walk? <laughs> not, it's not for the common man, is what I'm assuming. <laughs> the common man, uh, It's got to be some, person. what they call thing, like the, you know, the Rick Caruso, but it's got to be called like Esplendia or something. Mm. It's like some <laughs> fake Italian. So, but I, I wish Lug- City Walk the was The Luxurianica. Cite, Cite. Walk. That's what it'll be. <laughs> the city walk, you just put a couple random. I mean, also, I think we're going to want to be down there because, like, according to my search, the Lake Nona region is a trendy planned community with sleek family homes and leafy gated communities. Yeah, leafy. The family focused Nona Adventure Park has a floating obstacle course and wakeboarding. And to the south, Hip Boxy Park features food, st- food truck style eateries, live music, and volleyball courts. Jason, what's the problem with Lake Nona? I think we should all move. To, we should I think all. Podcast Horizon moving to Lake Nona. Leafy. What was that leafy it said? It was leafy somewhere. Leafy gated communities. Are we a, are we a bunch of giraffes? <laughs> we get to munch on no, the gates? No, well, but we could raise some. Ooh, yeah. You could buy a couple like black market giraffes from Animal Kingdom. With my, and with, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think zoning's different down there. They're going to want to attract people. So, yeah, they're going to zone it for uh, giraffes to be running around. Yeah. So we'll be down there to do the Cite walk yeah, yeah. saga. We'll see, we'll see everybody in Lake Nona <laughs> soon enough. Yeah, we'll be there. Um, Jason's glued to his computer. You're uh, like, he's looking for something. Right, I'm, looking up, I'm, like, looking, I'm looking up weed laws in Florida, and they're not great. No. <laughs> That's the other thing. You're moving a bunch of people Throw who design own. theme park rides to, Flor- to like a state with... You're saying, uh, you're, you're saying that you oftentimes you go on a ride and you're like, what were these Imagineers smoking? Is that uh, what you're only thinking? Only because of the recent, uh, you know, old school Imagineers talking in the news recently about drinking and smoking while designing these rides. You mean like so. Rolly? You mean that yeah. single one? <laughs> Rolly Crump, the oh, only yeah, one? Oh, yeah, it was that only one. <laughs> who, None of them, none of the other talking? ones imbibed. What other articles have no, been No, it is Rolly. I just couldn't pull his name off the top of my head. <laughs> 
Yeah, Tony Baxter's never like, and then I got high before I came up with Figment. <laughs> look, Lake Nona is Lake Nona sounds sick to me. I think they're gonna look the other way. Maybe Florida's been weird with weed oh, laws before, like shit, but uh, it sounds like a fucking glossy shithole. Like, uh, wow. sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> this is you're coming in hot and strong and sharp, it's, Jason. It sounds like. Uh, it sounds like the bad version at living at the Americana, like living on top of a mall. There could never a be a fun. bad version of that. I don't think. Yeah, the, the Americana is a, a magical place. I was just there today, in fact. Yeah, dreaming of living there. Dream. Well, as I've said many times, Lindsay and I thought about doing it eight years ago. We thought it would be funny, but then it was like a little too expensive. But you're kind of the look in your on your face is kind of like there's a lot of like you're going to be telling that in thirty years. I thought Could about have doing been. it 38 years ago. Yeah, I no. Didn't. thought That's... it was too expensive. I wasn't willing to invest in my own future and live in a place with a trolley and a, uh, above a Tesla indoor store. The one, there's, there's a store where there's just a Tesla sitting inside. <laughs> the one Tesla. And you there. like go and read about it. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I guess you tell them like, I would like one, please. And they tell you where to go, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what the deal is. We'll, we'll eventually the barcode. T- there were. I, I think this is probably like the calls for this have died down. But for like maybe eight or nine years ago, was maybe the strong was like Tesla should do Tesla. Tesla should do Autopia. And boy, do no, <laughs> dodge the bullet. Very there. few people want that anymore. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be. I mean, it's funny to pitch on as far as a comedic premise, certainly, isn't it? Uh, the car catches on fire. Uh, <laughs> Elon Musk is waving at you uh, while he's, uh, I don't know, on mescaline on Joe, Ro- Joe Rogan <laughs> animatronic with Elon Musk. And they're <laughs> on mescaline and talking about HGH. Uh, but, the car yeah. just stops and you learn about Dogecoin for a good yeah, that's right. minutes. Mm-hmm. You know. You come out of it like I don't think I know any better what it is than when this started. Uh huh. It's it's him <laughs> recapping Rick and Morty episodes, but he <laughs> half remembers them, so there's a lot of stuff that's wrong. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was from an old Will and Grace. I don't know how that got in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that didn't that didn't happen. I assume yeah, well, that will not happen now. Um, as far as a revamp of Test Track. And I will say Test Track, I think what I'm saying is not so wild because of what we're... Like, they've tried multiple things to give it a little extra something. Like, they've they've felt the same kind of lackingness as time has gone on because it's like, I don't know, put neon lights on it or put a little computer where you can make, like, Homer's car from that... first season of the simpsons like make a crazy <laughs> colorful car contraption but some people i think think that that did it i think and there are probably people listening who and I, I don't know i haven't gotten to do it but like probably i like there i think that opinion is out there like well they did add stuff and i like the stuff i'm not saying i don't it's something it's certainly something and i think i like it better than what was there before but i guess all i'm saying is like i don't think what i'm saying is so wild because i think the imagineers felt it too it wasn't like well this is a perfect thing and now we're adding a like, as some people thought the Guardians was a useless overlay because that was a perfectly fine experience before. But I feel like the, before you'd be like, eh, Test Track does feel like it's got, it needs a little something extra now. Yeah, sure. it so, has a little more slickness and color, the overlay and stuff. Because you watched, watching the first one, I was like, oh, I like, you know, I always like John Michael Higgins. I love when he shows up and stuff. But it, a lot of this 
the set pieces are easily acquired traffic cones and construction barriers and like yeah 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 that's definitely true and even before you do kind of the big launch at the end you're passing by like a bunch of toolboxes <laughs> yeah and it's um and, and oh, i feel like i'm seeing so negative i'm really sorry i don't want to be so negative the first like the first version of it is is almost like the driest ride it can possibly be you know yeah, what I mean? In some ways, it's yeah. lacking any sort of whimsy or magic. And now with the neon, at least it's like it's like cool. It feels a little cooler. It's yeah. Uh, um, I watched a clip from some uh, weird special that had a long. This seemed to be like a they they follow a group of people through a bunch of thrill attractions from Disney World, and then they have like a neurologist watch the video of the people on the rides. Now this guy, this the gentleman in the back is looking a little fearful. Uh, you can tell there's anticipation about, uh, but right now I think they're just, you know, hoping to have a good test track experience. Okay, now the adrenaline's ramping up. What, this is a bunch of <laughs> time-wasting nonsense. I don't know <laughs> what the hell this was. Neurologist. Huh. It's not like a, when they do the, like the body language expert on Fox News. <laughs> where they're, have you ever oh, seen yeah, that? yeah, yeah. People are like, what, the, is, what is this? And they're like, yes, I see Barack Obama. He is uh, he's like clenching his fist, which means that he is lying about this policy <laughs> agreement. Like agreement, and then they're like, "Oh, like Sean Hannity or Bill O'Reilly were like, yes, uh, very good. Like, thank you for your analysis." <laughs> they do that stuff on CNN. They do that stuff. Oh like, yeah, they do. Oh, I, no, no, Bernie's hunched here. Yeah, you yeah. See, I should just, the back. You can't trust the back. That's Does a Bernie fake have thing. a gun? That's <laughs> <laughs> that's a fake thing. They do a lot of places. Uh, I, let me apologize to Fox News. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to say I'm so sorry, Fox News. They're a fine organization. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. CNN and uh, suck too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the ones to be mad at. Uh, uh, okay. um, well, here, you know, like, uh, wait, what was I saying with that that special? Uh, um, oh, oh, it was like a talking point in this special that. Unlike a lot of other attractions, this is not about fantasy. It is it is mm -hmm. a, a real world experience and recreating a place that that does exist. Right. And then with that revamp, they did distinctly take it into the realm of, of fantasy. Mm -hmm. So I so hopefully you would you know it's still all based in how this company tests road tests their cars. Yeah. But if if you were feeling that real world thing, maybe the the fantastical Tronish element did it for you in the second. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, it is better, but but I your feeling of like eh, it's not worth it, and my feeling of like if I go down there and it's a fast pass, I'll go on it. But I'm not. It's not eighty minutes. I'll yeah. wait eighty minutes for the Bad Boys of Boston and Rock and Roller Coaster. I wait eighty minutes for Tower of Terror. You're right. I don't. I didn't blink at either of those. But yeah. right. you aren't sure the reaction you're gonna get. For, like from a group as I was with, like, yeah, is this the right like curation to do here? Yeah, because you're not. I don't know. I don't know what that that reaction. Well, been. my dad reminded me a big point about this ride is that the wait line is long. Do you really want to risk it because it is prone to breaking down? Yeah, and even mm, the more true. modern version, Raider Springs Racers, they say is the third generation of this technology that breaks down pretty regularly too because it's just a lot of moving pieces it's very complicated really you complicated know? mechanism and everything mm -hmm. uh, um well let's let's go backwards let's tell yeah. the story of this thing a little more and maybe get excited about like uh what it could have been what it promised yes, yes. in 1999 and what i think it did deliver on when, when it opened um yeah so this is just a it's a very blatantly general motors sponsored attraction yes that was replacing another a, a original epcot attraction world of motion 
um, which was a, a slow moving, despite being about transportation, it was very slow moving. This was the opposite of a thrill mm-hmm. ride. Was it an Omni Mover? I feel like it was an Omni Mover, something similar, mm-hmm. you know, little cars that zip around. Uh, uh, I know that it was about the history of transportation, and we will do an episode about it someday, obviously. Yes. But I just want to throw this out, just as we're saying the thing that it replaced. Does anyone? Do you remember like a scene of World of Motion? Yes. No. No, not at all. No. Jason. Iconic. An iconic scene. <laughs> What's that? The horse, the like overturned cart, and there's a horse yes. and a car. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. It's yeah. The yeah. old, I, the chaos, old form. Running around. Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. The old form of transit meets the new form of transit, sort of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. That's. I remember that. That's the one that's in my head, and I don't think I remember uh, any others. I don't remember that from. I remember that from seeing a picture of it in the last so many years. I don't actually have a memory of it from being a kid going on it. The picture is used a lot in stuff. Yes. Or like a clip of going by that section is right. used a lot. So that makes yeah. sense. That's how it was represented, kind of. I only know from watching some test track materials that the what now is the like where you launch, like where they send you out of the building. When it was all enclosed, that's the exact spot where there was a scene where like a bunch of, uh, you know well-meaning kooks in the year uh, 200 BC <laughs> are all trying, or probably further than that, are all like trying to figure out the wheel. Do you remember that? There's like a scene where like, oh, somebody's got a triangle, you knucklehead. That's never going <laughs> to And there may be one as the wheel. I'm like, well, we'll see. We'll test all the options and we'll, mm-hmm. like, I, I, once I saw that, I kind of remembered. But again, as, we've, as I've said, like a lot of these Epcot dark ride scenes do merge They blend together. together. They're right? all concept, big concept album mm-hmm. as we've mm-hmm. said before um, um but this was I, th- I think people liked this i remember liking that attraction a ton mm-hmm. um but it was they were general motors sponsorship was winding down i believe and they had a a poor year like things were i what year would this have been like sometime in the mid 90s they in had the a 90s, really terrible year there were some economic downturns some hiccups so okay, they were yeah. weighing to should we spend money on a sponsorship? Yes. Sort of and thing. I think around this time, so Disney's weighing, well, yeah, what do we do here? And I saw it somewhere that they may have floated, well, look, if you come back, we want you to pay for something new. It's got to be something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you don't do it, somebody else will probably. We're going to get another, we're going to get yeah. one of your competitors to mm-hmm. do it. So maybe think about doing it so it's a little bit of like a little bit of a threat in a way (laughs) being dangled by disney and they took it seriously and they did consider it for a year Mm -hmm. and then and in that year they had a better year so it was more Mm -hmm. and congratulations to general motors (laughs) on your good year (laughs) did anyone else do what i did and look at like okay so general motors was his first sponsor oh chevron took over the sponsorship and then i like double clicked on the chevron uh, uh, website and I was like oh a division of General Motors yes of course or you mean Chevrolet <laughs> or Chevrolet yes. sorry Chevron's yeah, yeah, yeah. the gas I, thought the I always same do thing. this I always, yeah that makes sense that's no, the same story um, yes uh, uh, yeah I, I don't know what brands go with what I think I'm not a car is anybody remote who's the biggest car guy of the three Ooh, of us what is a question there is there because <laughs> I don't know what anyone parts like... are I would fail a, a, a car parts test I don't even know the names of the cars that the transformers are <laughs> I don't even know that so that would I was trying to think of like the closest thing 
I know like the Ninja Turtle vehicles I had as a kid. I know the toilet taxi. I know the, I don't know. Where, <laughs> I don't know who made, uh, Donatello made that one. Uh, the party wagon, the turtle van. I don't know who, which car company made that, but I know Donatello made the party wagon. So I know which turtle made vehicles, but I don't well, necessarily you, know. Then. Maybe actually by these low standards, maybe you're the biggest car guy. I think maybe. Yes. Yeah, I know the Batmobiles. Uh, I don't know which company made them, but I know Batman and Alfred made them. So mm-hmm. I know the makers of that. Great. Jason, any uh, competition? Uh, nope. Yeah, no, I don't know or, or care. And um, sorry if you're, you know, I if guess you were expecting a real Top Gear kind of episode. I guess Lucius Fox helped make a lot of that. Oh, stuff you're right. Too. You're right. You're right. Um, especially, I mean, in certain certain comic stories, and then of course the Nolan movies and uh, Batman's handyman Harold. Do you remember him from the eighties and nineties? <sighs> yes, vaguely. Uh, he would kind. Of, he, I think, he lived in the Batcave and did maintenance. <laughs> How did he know who Batman was? I, I, I forget. I forget his whole story. Was, I, I don't well, think really really represented too much outside the comic. A lot of stories were just Alfred would be like have like grease on his face with a wrench, and he would be doing stuff. But then they they figured out a different guy. They should really, uh, yeah, I bring Harold back in the movies. God, enough car talk guys you're such <laughs> Sorry, car nuts we're just i can't car... even keep up <laughs> <laughs> my yeah my uh uh when i walked into the dealership and i was like well so what's the base level honda civic please um <laughs> oh my god i loved when i got my last car i actually now like negotiating <laughs> oh i did like negotiating i did bad though i could have gotten like another couple thousand down i think i could be i'm really next time i get a car I'm going to be so good at negotiating. I left the table, too. I did a whole power move. And wow. then they brought in a second guy. Jeez. I did the thing where I like made an offer. He said no. He came up with another offer. I said, let me go think about it. I got it from the table, walked away. I came back. There was a different guy. They brought in like the heavy hitter negotiator. <laughs> I left for a week and came back. <laughs> well, that's good, too. I like that. Yeah. Um, uh, but then I said, I want, I said, I made like a power move because he goes, we're not getting any lower than this. This number you want, no lower. And I go, we'll knock 2000 off that and I'm in. And he was like, all right, you sure? We shake on it? <laughs> I go, okay. You just said it was no lower. And then he, he went and go, got it done. But then I was like, I could have held out more. I was mad at myself because yeah. I could have done more. I have a question about the Jason leaving for a week. Was that you hearing the base price, not liking the base price, returning a week later and accepting the base price? No, no. In fact, in that week, I found, I think Mike sent me this AAA tool and it did knock like a couple thousand off. Yeah. Uh, and, and they... They tried to pull a fast one on me, and they're like, "Oh, that one, that one credit, that's not a rebate for you. That's a rebate for us, the dealership. You don't get." that. And I was like, "Get the hell out of here! What do you mean? Why would it show me your rebate? Like, come on, man!" I came in with a coupon and for he, you. <laughs> yeah, he went into another room and came out. He went, "Okay, uh, we will give you that." <laughs> so I was, I, don't I know. went and was scolded about that maneuver. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so uh, General Motors does agree to re-up. We want to do something more exciting. Uh, everybody agrees that a, a more thrilling attraction might be the way to go. Um, there not being these in Epcot necessarily, as Jason said. Um, so they go back in time to something that was proposed 
in the 70s like the world the the motion pavilion was supposed to be this sprawling dark ride but mm-hmm. then also this bigger attraction that simulates the tests that a car goes through and this was based on an imagineer trip to the milford Proving ground, great. I got it right before I saw it in the notes. Milford, <laughs> Milford, pro- yeah. Proving and that's, ground. Then that's what we're all. We're all. If you're listening to this episode, you're excited about the Milford Proving Ground. Um, this is where GM tests their cars. This is w- w- wait, where now? Is it Michigan? It's in Michigan. Yeah, I believe the um, one of the GM guys. Yeah, like, you can see this from space. Like it's such yes. a big, big facility. Facility and patch of black asphalt yeah i got curious about because i'm looking it up on a map like that is pretty big i wonder if that's like bigger than the theme parks it's bigger than you could fit all four of the disney world parks and the water parks into the milford proving ground wow and still have plenty of room uh epcot is 300 acres milford proving ground is 4,000 acres (laughs) insane wow. cause it's miles and miles of track and that's just for the speed up. stuff there's also the but you saw I, I also looked in the kevin rafferty book the uh uh black lake is a part black of it like the most sinister sounding like yeah but then it turns out pretty it does turn out pretty cool in that book like he gets like to do some crazy stunt driving and stuff yeah it's just like a place to you know whip your car around and stuff seems like <laughs> seems like a lot of fun but that's as big as 59 football fields put together wow. that's massive and you and in the queue people might remember you see the overhead views of of this place and yeah, it's pretty it's pretty jaw dropping. Yeah, and this um, is on top of like the global headquarters of GM, I believe is a series of skyscrapers in downtown Detroit. Like it's Oh, like a ton of Yeah, it's like a Detroit, ton yeah. of interconnected uh, things, including maybe Oh god, I'm going to get this wrong. I think it's a Marriott that is the largest like hotel in the world that is specifically just a hotel. Like it's some insane like uh factoid. Wow, wow. So they own Michigan, a uh, massive facility. The Imagineers took a trip to this place in the 70s and thought it would be a good basis for a ride mm-hmm. because it is rides. Like you're, you're yeah. testing cars out and they, you are running through these tests that are what ended up in the in, in test track. You know, you're, it's, it's high speed stuff, but then checking brakes and that's thrilling and you're whipping around and you're checking heat and you're checking cold and bumps mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So it's a pretty like keen observation from then that's that's a pretty interesting holdover idea they isolated it correctly and then yeah. it took years for everything to catch up to it yeah and it makes sense i mean there's obviously like i i totally like i could see where you go oh, this is a cool idea because yeah as you're saying it's all rides it's all just like well let's see what happens if you just crank it up to 60 and then <laughs> hit the brakes really hard uh I, that is as long as you don't crash that's a fun crazy thing to do um i mean they I, tell stories and the kevin rafferty tells stories of going up to you know it's like 120 130 like they're yeah they're yeah super cranking well up. i did i did now i'm thinking about it i am the car guy because i went to a bachelor party and raced cars around a track yeah yeah you did this um and i did that once and we were up to like you go to like 100 miles an hour and it's, it's and that's you in control too 
that's me well the and uh, maybe i told the real quick that that they give you a couple they they have somebody drive you on the track before you do the track mm-hmm. and that person is driving like a little tiny it's not an suv but it's a bigger like jeepish car and that person gets up to 120 miles an hour and their job is to completely panic you because you're in the back seat and you've never gone that fast in your life and everyone in the car felt like they were going to like we all looked at each other like we're going to die we're about to die like your body is not ready to feel that yeah um and that's like 100 i think it was 120 maybe in the car and then i don't think i ever hit that because i was my body is still like you shouldn't be going this fast in a car because sure. when I'm driving. Yeah, and were you the... shifting gears too? Or was it on No, they have a guy there with you. Oh, okay. okay. They have a guy next to you Thank God, that does that some of that for you while you're doing it. Basically, you're just, your goal is to, and I don't remember how, you like accelerate into a turn and then like turn the wheel hard to try to make the little turn. And, like, and then the guy will signal to people because you're on the track with other racers, which is the huh. craziest thing. Huh. I thought we were going to be alone, but you have to literally like wait for a break. And then the guy goes, all right, go. And he just shouts at you and tells you what to do basically the whole time. Because yeah. all you have to keep telling yourself when you're racing like this is, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm terrified. They have to have people like this all day, right? That, like this can't be, I can't be the worst <laughs> driver here. Right. They must have on. people. So you go around the track like five or six times and then they show you. And I have a video somewhere of like how fast you go. And yeah, it's they let you do 100, 110, like if you want. Like the guy was yelling at me faster. He was just there's a guy yelling at you faster while you're going 100 miles an hour while there are other cars going 100 miles an hour on the track as well. A bunch of people who've never done this before. Yeah. <laughs> a track full of, for everybody. Wow. A track full of people who, yeah, have never done this before. Uh, so what's that facility that's in Vegas? It's not in Vegas. It's sort of in the desert. And I don't know the name of the facility. Um, but I do, I will say you, your adrenaline has never been that high. You get out of it feeling like primal. You get out of it feeling like, and not in a bad way. Like I was like, I could do this again. Like there, you use a tran- there's a whole transformation that happens when you're in there. Cause your body just shifts into this different mode where it's so heightened that like you have this extra sensory like experience because uh, if because if, if you didn't you would <laughs> crash the car and it would blow up right. yeah. your body has no option but to go into like oh i'm being attacked by saber-toothed tigers which i don't think it lasted we're around when humans were but if if they were your body is like in some bizarre primal experience where it's like i need to kill to survive it's like punching seven saber-toothed tigers. Yeah. Um, Making a big pile of them <laughs> standing on top of exactly, it. Yes, that's how I felt after going on a track five times. <laughs> uh, by the way, three of us should go do this sometime. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I, I I drove to Vegas recently, and I think I saw that speedway when I drove by. Also, that drive between Los Angeles and Las Vegas, the speed limit for most of the way is 70 miles an hour. Sure. And you're often, like, there's no one else around for long stretch and girl it's so easy to slip oh yeah you go 110 like i'm not 75 80 and that's already like a I little nerve wracking i keep distracted from the topic real quick though like uh, when you started to drive when both of you started to drive i'll ex- i'll explain what my experience was i was i did not get my license right when i started when i was 16 right it took me a little more, like after maybe closer to 17 and i would get made fun of by my friends for how slow i drove mm-hmm. uh, same yeah oh yeah, 100%. Same, same. <laughs> Same, same. <laughs> I would get mocked. And then, of course, my one friend who would mock me the most got into a horrible car wreck. 
There's a hole. There we go. Destro- well, demolish good. his family's car. <laughs> uh, yes, he's. I think he's what fine. You get. But yes, no, I got ripped, ripped if I was driving my friend somewhere because yeah. of how slow I would often go. I, I remember one friend was like, well, I think the optimal speed to drive on any road is 45 miles an hour. And it's like the speed limit in our town on most streets is 30 miles an hour. A lot of neighborhoods don't have sidewalks. People are walking on the shoulder between mm-hmm. houses. And it's like, why are you zipping around? What, first off, why are you cramming seven people, seven teenagers into a five-person car, and then you're flooring it through, like, mm-hmm. fucking Mayberry? So if you're wondering what Jason's wild teen years were like. <laughs> I, people always wanted to go, like, we can all fit. We can all fit. It's like, there's eight people in this sedan. Yeah, that, that happened to me once or twice. I think that's yeah. a common, like, oh, yeah, we can just sit on somebody's lap over there or yeah, whatever. Sit on, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, and I'd be like, are you sure we can? It's three in the morning. <laughs> I know, you have Anna. a provisional license. You were supposed to be off the road four hours ago. Oh, the first time. <laughs> the first Jason's, your, Jason's your friend who's like having a third parent around. That's right. I mean, I was close. I was Mine, close. Uh, some of those instances, it was just a bunch of theater dorks. And they're like, yeah, he's got a point. We should get home. I, <laughs> you know? The first. Finally, a voice of reason. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The first car I ever rode in that was not driven by an adult was like a cooler, like athlete kid that I knew. And I was in the back seat and I felt like I was doing something so illegal. I don't even think I maybe told my parents I was doing it. But my memory is just sitting in the back and he was blasting Bob Dylan's The Hurricane. I don't know <laughs> why. He was just Bob Dylan's Hurricane blasting as we're like driving down Schaumburg Road too fast. I knew it was too fast, but it was also like thrilling. Like I felt alive for the first time that in my life. That song ends well, right? That's a happy it's song. It's not a happy, happy song. It is a, <laughs> it is not a happy song. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, that was the song he was playing. And that is my memory of that. Hmm. So wild times, wild, wild times, times from three wild got car oh, guys. Uh, <laughs> or were we in this in the slow tale of, of test track? Test track. Uh, so um, the Imagineers of various times got to go and do the driving facility. Like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they went so to Milford. They had Milford. They mm-hmm. had the true driving experience at Milford, and it makes yes, as we were saying, it makes sense that that they were like, yeah, it's a ride. Yeah, um, and I think that all went uh, that all went pretty smoothly, and everybody agreed that's a great attraction. And it really is; it's very Epcotty, and that it is. It's like maybe as exciting as an educational attraction can be. It is teaching you about a place yes. and about the rigorous efforts that a car company puts into making sure that you're safe before the car goes on the road. Mm-hmm. But, but then crazy things happen to you too. Um, like it, right? Like I don't. Th- I think to get more exciting than that in Epcot, you just have to bail on education entirely. See Guardians, uh, right? Everyone. There has to be no. I mean, I was trying to think about this, like because obviously we've talked about some of the drier things in Epcot, but it's like. They didn't go with like a car, like car mascot or any sort of. They really just because the other stuff that was like educational would have a little more whimsy in it. 
and it feels like is this the is this of all the Epcot things does this have like the least whimsy about it because all those original World of Motion there was still some of the magic mm-hmm. they're like kind of feeling of like ah and look at this isn't this like a special thing and this is very dry this is very much well, just like I might say that the boat ride where you look at hydroponic plants is the there's, driest but there's magic on but I, maybe I'm out of my mind I'm not saying it's not dry but there's magic on living you're saying the test track is dry Drier than the boat ride. 100%. Living what with the land has more magic. Jason, kick back me up here. You don't have to agree I with me. No, I, I hadn't really ever there's given some, it like, very much there's thought. There's some dark ride elements of living with the land, and there's some like an ambiance and dark, like, it's like, you know, like the dusty, uh, the like dusty house. Two and, scenes and then. Well, but that's more than the dryness of Test Track. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the most special. But I would also world. say that going 65 miles an hour cool. is not dry. Okay, well, I'm saying dry. And more exciting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, well, I know living with the land is scripture now. No, I but it is more I exciting. I was a moderate about living with the land. I'm just saying that the, some of that like little whimsy and specialness, I'm not saying exciting. Of course, it's the 64 I mean, miles an hour is more exciting. plants that are growing in the air or plants... You know, there's stuff that you don't see every there's day. A, the fish tanks, you but there's know. there's a cozy, the, there's a Disney, especially old Epcot, there's a cozy little feeling you get on these rides. And that's missing from Test Track. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying exciting. I'm not even saying better. Yeah. I'm just saying Test Track to me feels like it's the, it's the, it's the bare bonesy. It doesn't have like, it doesn't have like, especially the first version doesn't have like a, and then there was a car and the car was tested. Like there's not that little, like, we're going to tell you a little story now. It's very much like what you did at the start like of the living, show. Living Seas is pretty dry, I would say. Now it's, but, but the early Living Seas was, was much more like, there was I, some, I think that's an extremely functional attraction. I think like it is like, it is facts and placards hmm. and, uh, Here's how we take care of this. Well, there animal. used to be the whole fictional, like, yeah. you know, C-Base Alpha. They did take mm-hmm, away right? some of that. But I, I guess, yeah, yeah I, look, I wanted to feel there's a little warmness in your little in your little belly when you go on and you see all those old <laughs> Epcot things. And I just think it's missing from especially that first version of Test Track. It's very bare bone. Here you go. This is how we do it. Here we go. Isn't this fun? Oh, no. Look at this thing. Like, it's just that's straight ahead. I'm not saying it's even bad. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that... Well, Test Track, kind of of its time, the first version, or back me up, or maybe I'm crazy on this one, but like I feel like the 90s, and I think they start in the 80s, but I feel like there was a big trend in both car commercials and car uh, culture, and and certainly those crash test dummy PSA. There was a lot of cars being crashed to show they were safe, and the crash test dummies had... Uh, PSAs and cartoons and yes, toys. Yes, that's true. And yeah. that uh, color, that aesthetic, the orange and yellow and the caution, like all of that, I, I feel like is very prevalent in the first version of Test Track. And it was also very prevalent on a lot of like advertising and TV. There was something in the air. Like this was. That's true. Was Those little, like thing. the little, uh, the circles divided into the four, the little, like, yeah. whatever those Yellow stamps and black. Are. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is bizarre now that you're saying this. Because, like, why was there a cartoon based on the dummies that would test to make sure cars wouldn't kill people mm-hmm. it is weird yeah i don't know and yeah and there was yeah, it, that's the back to the future uh, line video also that's the safety video yes yes mm-hmm. it's crash system yeah why was this in the culture that's really weird now that i think about it i mean i remember all that stuff i mean but, every yeah. now and then there's like an advertising thing that kind of breaks through 
like becomes more than the advertising uh, like California raisins or um, the <laughs> like Geico caveman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were all we were all that. thinking it. Huh? Yeah, I and I kind of like those crash test dummies characters. I recall liking all. Yeah, that. I, I, like I do like I like them. But I mean, the, time... the toys were fun. I don't think I had a lot of them, but I would play with them. Oh, at you had some of the toys. I think I had one or two, but I definitely remember playing with, with them. And you'd friends, get the but they car, exploded. right? Yeah, yeah the, they, the bit was you would just put them in the car and you'd throw it at a the wall. Cars, and then they would pop apart. Like, yeah. Man, that is strange. That I have not even thought about that in since it happened. I don't. You think. guys are both scolding the dummies too. Like if you know if you mm. go more than thirty, this thing's gonna crash. Yeah, oh yeah, you're likely yeah. to oh. lose an hand. Lose a hand. Jason never made him crash. Probably he just had them on a nice twenty five <laughs> miles an hour, and then they would get to their destination safely. Well, if I did, I would then like lay like a m- commemorative like I would make a wreath and lay it. <laughs> Like on the ottoman that they crashed into. <laughs> it was everywhere in the house. Yeah. Um, Make a little family for them. <laughs> a little crash test baby that morning br- at the funeral. Yeah, the baby on board. I put a, a baby on board, like, window hanger, and it was a little crash test dummy baby. Oh, where, <laughs> It looked like oh, shit. I was terrible at drawing. Can my baby be? Um, or a leader of the pack. Uh, uh, this does bring up a good question. Why wasn't there more like, hey, I'm Brian the test dummy. Like, good to see ya. Like, why wasn't, why don't we get a little of that? Yeah, there's one or two jokes in here that are a little, like, almost universal. Like, you right, go right. by the corrosion robots, mm-hmm. and he goes like, hey, do we remember to turn those robots off? Like, that feels like a little, you know, That's some of that, uh, yeah, some yeah. of that uh, real, uh, not body. Well, <laughs> that's really, uh, <laughs> that's not a body joke. doesn't apply to everything. <laughs> but it's uh, the word that's done the tip of my tongue me, at every moment. Um, I know we're, we're, this is jumping around. However, uh, if you've been, if you've never been on Test Track, but you have been on Radiator Springs, it's similar where there's a big thrilling finale, but you go through little rooms at first, and kind of the equivalent in Radiator Springs Racer, you know, if, like you, 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 there's the fork in the road, and you either get the car painted mm-hmm. or you get the new tires, and that felt very like a very similar beat to what happens in Test Track, where you go through these little smaller rooms, and one is extreme heat. The car is being tested for extreme heat. Mm-hmm. One is extreme cold. And then after, there is the corrosion uh, center. And mm-hmm. let me be real here. I Until doing this episode, I had no idea what that is about. What's that supposed to be? What is the corrosion? What's happening there? You mean, what are they simulating testing? Yes. Uh, What's coming at? Because then there's these two robots. As Jason said, like, hey, did we remember to turn those robots off? And they're spraying something at you. What? Oh, good question. Oh, what is um, it? Like what? What? Um, like caustic stuff that would hit a. So I think like hard water, um, uh, salt water. You know, uh, stuff that would cause the outside of a car to corrode. To corrode, or like oh, yeah. I, don't I don't know, know what mild, it's supposed to be. Gasoline, then. mild chemical, like whatever would be regularly splashing on a car and could cause corrosion. I mean, like cars wear a lot different uh, in a. a warmer climate than they do like on the east coast you know all that salt can really eat away at stuff mm-hmm. i don't actually know they don't say like oh we're spraying them with like disinf like bug spray or something or we're exactly. spraying it doesn't I, say I there's not a very clear what it, it what it is poison gas like we're spraying them with poison gas <laughs> and it's yeah. yeah and it's kind of alluded i get you know, i almost missed it as even being a, a problem well, you bringing it bringing it up i just kind of like accept it oh they're testing it so it doesn't get the metal doesn't get corroded but yeah i never thought about what it is they're because spraying because that's also the payoff of the thing in the pre-ride video where he 
pulls up the different, like, oh, let's try, uh, pull up two, five, and nine. Mm-hmm. And she says, nine, with a little bit of trepidation. He's mm-hmm. like, nine, with a slight <laughs> smile. And I... I like I remember that scaring me when I was in the line like what is nine what is that gonna be yeah and until thinking about this ride for a while like in the last couple days I'm like what was that what was I supposed to be scared of in nine and is it that you're getting sprayed at at with salt water (laughs) well I mean if they obviously so there's numbers then there's different types of things they're spraying and they never say what yeah well i think two if you look at what's coming up as as those are pulled up on a computer you know two is cold and five is heat and nine is like the wild card and then what that ends up being is robots spraying a mist at you (laughs) that i'm still confused why it's a a problem i think i didn't hone in on that because i i i clocked the robot spraying the mist and i went oh that gag is in radiator springs racers in the paint and and so is the the Mack truck is also reused in Radiator Springs Racers in a different way. But it yeah, but it must be yeah. What what would it what would be the worst thing you could spray? What would it be the worst thing they're spraying at people, like on a test tra- on an actual in Milford? What are they spraying on these cars? Like um, it would be some like chemical warfare. Oh, acid rain. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, acid rain. Oh, that's acid not bad. Acid rain test is something. Yeah, I think you got to be a little more clear about it. Yeah, yeah doesn't that help you? Because then, yeah, then it gives you a little extra danger. Obviously, they're just misting you with water, and you're smelling one of their, you know, smell canisters. Or if it's like ahead of you, and then wait, stop the acid rain test right now, and yeah. then it parts, and then you go through. Stop the biological warfare gas. Like, yeah, then then you're more like scared. <laughs> The car germs. The car Stop those germs <laughs> from attacking the car. Stop the uh, nanobite particles that are supposed to <laughs> infect people's brains or something. I don't oh, know. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little more of a threat and a little more clarity, I think. I agree. Uh, um I I'm I'm so lost in terms of where we what <laughs> where we are in with the story. Uh, um I mean like we land on, they land on this attraction idea. I liked the story in the Kevin Rafferty book about how they always called it test track. And then GM was like, ah, 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 we have a process for this. And they flew a bunch of geniuses, quote unquote, to a fancy LA hotel conference room, all to like throw out names the mm-hmm. way they do on cars and some like, like some woman who he compared to like Devil Wears Prada is like, all right, I want uh, animals that uh, invoke speed. And, and people are yelling, gazelle, yes, good gazelle. And they're building a <laughs> list of like a hundred, a thousand words. And it's all, and Kevin, and it's all people in like slick suits. And then it's like dopey Imagineer Kevin Rafferty in a Hawaiian shirt listening to all this. And like, I don't know. I've named a lot of things in this in these parks. I think probably just want to call it Test Track. And then I don't. He doesn't even really follow up on what happened because it is called Test Track. Yeah, like they had an extremely clear name. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. It's just a funny window into like corporate overthink. Yeah, I. Oh, yeah, that was that was really great. And the 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 uh, comparison he makes is when they're like, "Hey, we need a name for a lunch shack at a." Uh, Blizzard Beach, and he goes, Avalanche. And they're like, great, thank you. <laughs> he didn't even get up from his chair. Yeah. He didn't break his head. Man, I'd have turned around. That rules. Avalanche. And, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just go by your gut. But, like, yeah, I like all these slick 
like Mad Men guys in suits, like screaming about Jaguar, Cheetah. <laughs> what, did he? Yeah, did he have like? Was it gonna be like Cheetah Racers? Like, what did they think? Like, he has a joke about about like what word soup it was possibly gonna yeah. become. But yeah, I mean, and also you you do just you know you you have to sort of explain what the attraction is with these titles and um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and be, be clear. Uh, um, I so. Yeah, they start building this thing. Uh, uh, World of Motion is evicted officially early 97, I think. They start building it. I think I forgot that it's the same building. It's a pretty cavernous building where the dark ride was, and they just gutted it and used it in that industrial warehouse kind of where it's a it's a huge open space now there's space to uh, do a climb and go you know up three stories to start the thing um and i guess that's where you start getting into like well the well the the ride vehicle itself because this is as we've said kind of the big headline what came out of test track is this great ride mechanism that became radiator springs Mm -hmm. among other things I think also interesting in the Rafferty book is when he explains they're they're like they brought GM people out to the Indiana Jones adventure. You got to check this out. Look Mm -hmm. what we're able to do with a vehicle at this point. They said that's great. Um, However, is there a way to make make it a little more practical and like have it actually like be more of a real car? And that's sort of that like they clearly cracked something really interesting with electric vehicles simulating a lot with Indy. But with this, they wanted it to be real in terms of surfaces, that it mm-hmm. is real tires and they are going over bumps and that things really are happening to you as opposed to Indy where it's entirely simulated for the most part. Right. Um, yeah, it's crazy because the Indiana Jones feels so real when you're on it. But really, if you really are conscious, conscious while you're like on that ride, you're like, oh, yeah, this actually feels like we're bouncing. Yeah, going over yeah. a bridge is not real at all that's entirely that's yeah. something that like a star tours type vehicle could do in theory right as well but when you go on a bunch of you know stones or bricks on a ride like this you really are yeah you over. feel that like bump yeah and you go oh, that's what yeah what a bump actually feels like do you guys have a grasp of uh, on how these these work exactly we've established the level of car people that we are so we might be uh, <laughs> flailing here, but uh, like the fact that they call it a slot car and it's like those toys, they're el- right. it's real cars and real tires, um, but it's electricity powered. So that that the Imagine Radiator Springs or or this like that big open part of the track in the middle, that is feeding electricity and signals Was into the car. Bar? Is there like a stick? Almost attached That's to the what car, I'm not I sure think. About. Yeah, you mean like similar to like the ultimate extension of a bumper car, where it ha- it has the stick on top and it's getting the electric sparks from the roof. Is it like the opposite version of that? That's where the what, power is coming from below. That's the way I understand it. But now that you're saying it, I'm like going to sound stupid if that's wrong. But, I, oh. I think it is because the Spider-Man vehicles, like there's a there's a thingy underneath, mm-hmm. isn't there? And that. That's how they, you know, move it in multiple directions. Yes. Is it not on a track? Spider-Man you're talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got to I mean, be a track of some... Track. Yeah, it's it has to be a track. track, but... But that's my understanding. It was like a slot... Because a slot car, if you've not done that, it's like a old... 
I guess kids are still doing it, but it's an old school kind of toy where it was like the car is not the car doesn't have a motor itself, but the car is on a thing that's connected to basically like the track has what we're saying is like just a like a line. What would you call? I don't know. Not a uh, like a line. There's a space for uh, something. To, I can't look at him. Like Sounds like a fucking idiot. Screw. We're screwed here. Well, yeah. And this is this I know is I can how, picture like, it in my mind's eye. The production and creation of this ride, like the tires kept like going haywire, and yeah, the their software, tires wouldn't make it through a day. They'd blow tires day. every day. And like right. for optimal like X number of riders per hour, it's like we need twenty plus cars running at any time, and the ride is tapping out in the single digits. They had to totally redo the software. Yes, they were using an outside group for the software that powered all these cars. There were like three onboard computers on all of them, and they had to scrap it and just make something from scratch. It was around the time that they were putting in sort of a similar experimental... Uh, we've never done this kind of thing before. The Rocket Rods, one right. of the biggest ride disasters ever at Disneyland. And that was flailing in the entire production of it. It opened and fla- it just truly did not work. Like there's, I think, a very short history of attractions that did not work at all. Right. And they never when they came out. fixed it, really. Yeah. It just sort it of destroyed like destroyed the track. They just like <laughs> ran. They, it sputtered for a few years and then they bailed on the whole thing. And that was that. Um, so they did not like they, this cannot happen. Like they're watching the worst case scenario play out in reality in an open <laughs> park in Disneyland. This cannot happen. So they keep kicking it down the curb. There's a big mural that they put up outside of the facility that says coming 98 and then mm-hmm. they bail on it and just says coming soon. They're not committing to right. the time. And that's what I, I think I went to Disney World in this era. I don't know if you guys did too, where you you go and admire that building and the scope of it and boy that looks ex- looks exciting but is this ever going to open right exactly i just thought uh, here's a better way to say what a slot car is there's a mechanism under the track that the car connects into and the mechanism under the track is the thing that's propelling the car not internally in the little car wow i sound so that's much smarter a good now way. yeah that's good yes. before i sounded like i was about to have a like a stroke and pass out my brain was working so hard thing. and it sounded dumb uh, it's it's uh, not it's not not our area of uh, <laughs> Certainly not. Again, I know um, how Donatello made the turtle blimp, but. but it's an interesting, like it's an interesting ride mechanism in general. The, the the combination of it is a real car. There are things that it can do, and they mm-hmm. have to be tuned up like a real car. I think one of those right. Disney Plus behind the scenes at the parks kind of featurettes is about the garage at Radiator Springs mm-hmm. and how complicated that is. And that's like every bit as complicated as Alfred with the uh, with, with all the oil on his face. And Harold. Harold? Harold Allnut. And Harold was that his name? Yes. Harold Allnut? Yes. He, he, <laughs> he was, I think he was a henchman that Batman rescued. Oh, he, saw, and he, he sort of re- rehabbed too. him. Yeah. Wow, that's nice of Batman. He usually just beats the shit out of guys and throws them in jail. <laughs> mm-hmm. This guy he liked. It's one case, a second chance. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. He does rehabbing. One out of a hundred, mm-hmm. or a hundred of a thousand, maybe. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, um, yeah, so it's uh, just really prickly. Uh, this this thing gets delayed forever. I didn't realize that there was a preview center outside of it. They pulled a bunch of cars up. They were playing videos. One thing I like about all this, I think you feel the late 90s of that original mm-hmm. test track. Yeah. And I can't tell if I like it or I don't like it. Let me play an ad that they they put out. I don't know if this was a television ad, um, but this is, this is certainly the vibe. Uh, um, and you can tell that 
you know, maybe they know that Universal's getting a little more extreme down the road. That mm-hmm. soon they're going to have Hulk open and Doctor Doom and all that stuff. And we got to start saying, well, we got thrills at uh, Disney yeah. World, too. So you end up with this uh, here. Compared to other activities, riding Test Track leads to a decidedly prominent increase in endorphin manufacture in the basal ganglia. Mm. In other words, Test Track rocks! Yourself. I mean, <laughs> that's the 90s. And then Ooh. the most, like, the kind of, the, yeah, that cute, sort of like poor man's ravey, the kind of font where there's one font, but then a ghostly version of the same word yeah. shoots through into the back, like haunting the word. This track rocks. <laughs> that, that is not. That is not a dopey Epcot scientist. No, that's like a tone of that ride either. No, ultimately not. No, there's nothing in it. Yes, if that was rock and roller coaster, which is another car. It is a car vehicle. That's mm-hmm. fine. Okay. Yeah. That's a gra- that's a very in your face type of ride. But yeah, no, test track is not. No, the thing is extremely dry, and you have to. You're you're right about the dryness. When and I guess when I. Because, like, the opposite of that is what you get in the pre-ride video, Mm -hmm. which I was alluding to at the beginning. Right, right. Which is, you're just, like, in a, you're in a facility with a guy in a polo shirt Mm -hmm. and a headset, like, spouting all of this lingo. Um, And that, that he does not, John Michael Higgins does not break and go... Like, uh, all right, so we're going to check the suspension and the chassis, and then, in, in, uh, I don't know, in other words, it rocks! Yeah. <laughs> There's no yeah. shift in that way. Exactly. But um, he also doesn't slip into his uh, uh, late shift David Letterman impression either. <laughs> no, he does <laughs> not. What, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay. John Michael Higgins, the great John Michael Higgins. We, you know, we've talked about late shift ad nauseum. Episode coming soon, I think. Uh, yeah, um, sure. Uh, certain, probably, this is probably the first he was on people's radar was the, was the late shift. Uh, this, ad, I think, admirable performance as David Letterman. Like, what a tall order. Oh, what yeah. an impossible thing to do to, like, a guy who's on TV all the time then and play him, mm-hmm. like, not as a, a caricature in a movie that has caricatures. Yes. I'd say almost everyone else is. So how do you play dramatic scenes as David Letterman? I mean, it's insane. How would you, yeah. He manages to do it. I remember thinking about John Michael Higgins. Well, this guy is like a novelty impressionist guy. He's like Rich Little. Rich Little's in the late he's shift. in the late shift. So then when he starts appearing in other things, uh, probably most prominently Best in Show mm-hmm. is what really blew up the, the career seemingly. I was like, him? They're letting the Letterman guy? <laughs> and then you watch the movie, of course, and are like, oh, he's great. He's, he's so, so good. Funny. He's so good in Mighty Wind. He's so, the rest of development, so good in everything. I'm very fond of the guy because I got to work with him on this, this pretty long shoot, this thing, Tween Fest. Uh, for for Funny or Die with uh, past guests and uh, now Tonight Show All Stars uh, mm-hmm. Brad Evans and Nick Sorelli. Uh, uh, he was the star of the thing, like top of call sheet, and so nervous to work with the guy. And oh my God, the greatest guy! I'm so happy to say, like the nicest, coolest guy, like imparting lessons all the time in not like a preachy way, just like the 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 way that a st- 
star of something needs to behave, invested, making everything better. This guy's so great. He's also on the set doing the thing that you want the most, which is telling stories from his oh, yeah. storied career. Uh, there was a day where he, um, it was extremely tense, like running out of light, the worst, like, uh, uh, like I need to be focused. And then I hear him start to talk about like, like, well, you know, I was in this Letterman movie and I'm like, oh, Shit, man. what do I do? Like, <laughs> I mean, I to, like it took till day 13 for him to, uh, I want to, I think I like bounced back and forth. I got to hear some of it, but uh, we got into test track. You had to get into test track, and mm-hmm. he told a story about making this video. And I like at first I was like, "Am I telling this story out of school?" But he did tell it on this other podcast. Okay, we've good. cited this thing, the Tierra he, podcast. Yes. Something it's weird. Like was something, that Cal David, voice of Sunny Eclipse, was on the this? voice of Sunny Eclipse was on it. Yeah, and John Michael Higgins was on it, and so he told this story. So that means I'm allowed to tell it. Uh, um, if you think about what that video is like you're sort of watching a live feed in this laboratory space mm-hmm. what are they they're in the control center we're in the control center the control. bill mckim <laughs> he's of course these iconic character bill mckim um and it's sort of a big you might not even realize this while watching it but it's sort of a big unbroken take yes as a lot of things are. I mean, it's not dissimilar from the Avatar move your arms around. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely in that world where, like, we're not watching a pre produced video. Like, uh, there's a live feed here and this guy's talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets this job. He's excited to do it and he's reading through the thing and thinking, well, there's a lot of this is nothing but carb jargon. And he also not a car person, I don't sure. believe. So he's trying to decipher. Like, like, well, how am I going to fit all this in? And and uh, uh, and he, I think he starts talking to the director. Like, so what are the cut points here? Like, where, how much do I have to have? And the, he's the director's like, uh, there are no. You got to do it all. You have to do all of it. And if you watch a video of this on YouTube, it is like four minutes long. And it's a, it's not a four minutes where there's like a long part where you just emote and there's not memorization to do. It is full memorization. I don't think cards were an option for some reason. Like he had to have all this. And if you like watch the video and know that this guy had to memorize this, it's insane. This is like one of the greatest acting challenges yeah. you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, kind, par for the course if you're doing a play. Um, unusual if you're doing something in front of the cameras. That's like a thing that everyone, it's like, all right, everyone get on your game this is a four minute unbroken take yes yeah uh, um which like so he i mean he is uh like a, a super theater trained actor which is maybe why they asked him to do it and that he leaned on that to get it done like i do have those powers of memorization however he walked also a play you would know that and prepare for that i think he walked onto the set and was not aware of the approach mm-hmm. and i think it was going there has to be something right even within this format and they were very firm no 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 it's oh got to be God. this and if also if you watch the video like beyond he has to go do all that stuff but then also like go mill around in the back and when it's over he leaves and goes and talks and gestures at a map to somebody and then comes back and he forgot his clipboard and so there's all this there's a ton of silent business that he had to repeat every time basically this seemed like the craziest day of shooting ever where 
it has to be perfect 100%, so he'll make it 80% of the way through and then miss one little thing, and they'll go, cut, stop, and he does not even like time to recover. It's, it's just, no, keep going. No, sorry, I got to hit it again. Um, no also, bounce back. And maybe you're getting here, and I'm cutting you. I apologize if I'm no. cutting you off, but like it also feels like they... Um, the people putting it together maybe weren't like the most like well thought out in some aspects of it too, because with a ride video with a pre ride video, it's like if there's a cut or two, there's not a single dad in line. Who's like, what the hell? That's not an unbroken take. Like no one cares. It's not like a throw up a graphic. It's not a Paul Thomas Anderson movie or something where it's like one single shot and it's an important monologue and you got to get it all in one. Like that's not what it is. Obviously you can put you could put several edits. It almost feels like with people maybe that didn't weren't thinking about all the practical things when they were shooting that day. Yeah, is it people who are not filmmaking minded? Even well, like, yeah. like you because you imagine they would hire people who are, but you never know. Like we think of these things as the grandest. Oh my god! If I could be part of a ride video, well, but I think they're oddly they're they're afterthought. They're one component of this massive yeah. multimedia project. I've, look, well, I, I, there was a funnier die commercial. I've told the story I think before on the show where I was like, it was a page monologue, mm-hmm. and they and I was like, everyone, if this is thirty seconds, I'm not getting all this out. It's not. It's going to get cut down. And they were like, no, 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 learn all of it. So I learned this entire monologue, and then we got there, and they were like, this isn't. 30 seconds so we want to cut out this line and then four lines down this line and then two lines down this line and i was like oh shit i learned the whole thing yeah that's not really how memorization works unless you're like i was awful so so sometimes even even the best intentions are people they're like oh you know what never uh mm." well and there's the assumption that actors are maybe i don't know is it like at its base is it the assumption that acting is easy like like they'll be able to do that no problem like there's no adjustment and there's there's no (laughs) amount of like throwing people well there's a lot that's easy but not necessarily like taking like 16 lines and then taking out three strategic lines <laughs> with wor- and oral words here and there and then having it perfect after that like that's a different skill i mean i've shown up to sets and they've been like we're wa- we're gonna walk you to set here's your lines by the way and that's because it, it's two line it's like yeah. oh this is 10 to 15 seconds long right this right. shot or like the whole commercial or short or whatever and it's like yeah occasionally they forget like oh yeah i guess we do need to tell you what your lines are but it's (laughs) like for 20 seconds you can learn that real quick you know you can learn like yeah, you for commercials, especially. Leave Spider-Man alone, uh, you know? <laughs> I wish I got to be a Leave Spider-Man you mess alone. With, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Like, they, they, I could know that on the yeah. day. You could tell You're me on the day. You mess with New York City, pal, you know? Yeah, we, we would know. We would have been perfect as those New Yorkers. I hope, by the way, I hope with this new Spider-Man, they bring the New Yorkers back if they're bringing all the old Spider-Men back. Oh, from the train? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, on the bridge from the first Spider-Man. Oh, on the, oh the first one. Oh, yeah, I yeah. thought when you they, meant where they're, like, They're checking trash at the Green Goblin, and they Christ go, you like, mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. I want those guys. New Yorkers, is that what they're saying? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they... Well, it's powerful. Um, so, I hope those they're back when the when we have this live-action Spider-Verse in the show. Sure. But, yeah, like, this is... I have the script in front of me, and he has to memorize... This is, like, you know, two minutes in. Uh, uh, not such a good feeling, but hang in there, because we're going to do the test one more time, this time with the ABS or anti-luck brakes. Like, how and how are you, like, after a bunch of environmental tests, put up two, five, and seven, and corrosive condition. Like, it's all such... It's massive blocks. It's such yeah. jargon. But he's getting through it, like... 
it's it's just all all they need to do is get it w- once, but it takes all day to do that, and yeah. they did slot all day to do it. But at the end, he feels like a champion, like a true champion. Like that is one of the greatest acting yeah. challenges I've ever faced, and we did it, and we pulled it off. And I, you know, hey Disney, that's cool. I want Disney to be happy. Um, about a year goes by. And he gets a call from his agent saying, hey, so the Disney job, they need you to go in and plug in a couple of parts of this and uh, like, like do some uh, um, ADR, uh, additional dialogue recording. Uh, and he says, oh, OK, so just like we're just going to pick up a couple of his lines. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fine. And he goes into a studio and he sits down with the script and he asks him, like, so, all right, so what are we uh, picking up here? And they're like, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Hank, I'm sorry, all of it? Yeah, there was a sound problem when we were recording, so we need to mm-hmm. redo the entire thing. So now we're <laughs> he is at a completely different juncture of difficult acting. Again, what you said about picking up a couple lines or two, or you can fake it. ADR is tough. It's like, you know, because you're watching and trying to dub over yourself and hit the right timing, and it's got to be exactly that amount of time. But imagine doing that with paragraph after paragraph oh. of car jargon. Like, that's one of the most complex ADR jobs that has ever existed. So, again, he's got a long, exhaustive day ironing through it, ironing through it. Damn it, shit, start again. That's why I I said, because I knew that part was coming, and that's why I was like, maybe it wasn't, like, the most professional crew... I mean, Maybe, that's like, crazy. That's cr- There's no usable audio yeah. from the set yeah. of something that is entirely a guy talking. Yeah. What happened? Exactly. It so, does okay. seem like this attraction was a little cursed with how much went wrong building the first version. I guess so. Yes. You would think the only, like we would be enough for experimental ride vehicles to have... Major Rob, yeah. but the boom mic was too much, apparently, yeah. in also, the production of this. you know what the General Motors Corporation, I know for sure, has? Shelves and shelves of footage of stock, stock footage of car parts working, like anti-lock brakes, like braking, you know, cars screeching to a stop. Yeah. I'm saying, like, yeah, you can easily, like fix that like i this is how i would fix it if i was like editing or directing it's yes, like yes. okay we'll use the best stuff because uh, again that is insane like it's it's already hard enough to go like okay we're gonna play you what you said try to say it in the cadence in the time you said it so we can try to sync it with your mouth so it looks a little natural yeah. four minutes of that is that's wild how would that be the plan to begin with you may as well just so reshoot crazy. it um <laughs> yeah 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 i know like why not well how are they ever gonna get like an yeah, office building yeah, again yeah. In five polo shirts yeah that's impossible <laughs> how would it happen um i so i mean like i i always liked this video and i liked him in it and i was always a fan of him even before meeting him uh i've met him and he's such a great guy i like truly like if you watch a video of this go back and realize it was a long unbroken takes and dubbed over this is an, a, an act a true acting feat by john michael higgins topped only by his appearance in the late shift <laughs> uh great performer um and wow. yeah, wild. okay, I, I, yeah, it's a lot of levels to appreciate it on. That is so stressful. Oh, and also, oh, also, I, like, this is before we were doing the podcast, but I, you know, I like a theme park obsessive, obviously. So, so I, I do remember telling him, like, 
Yeah, I've watched that thing. Yeah, there's cuts. Like, they do still do cuts. They cut to, like, people oh, right, getting right. into the car. Mm-hmm. It's deep into it. But I, I was like, I hate to tell you this. They for sure still did cuts. And he said, I wouldn't know. I've never been. <laughs> he never made it. So th- And this thing retired. I, on this podcast, they told him, oh, it's not you anymore. And he was like, oh, really? He didn't know. <laughs> there is still a presence of him weirdly in the parks though and in a similar ride because i didn't realize i don't think i've ever thought about who this is when you're heading to radiator springs racers there's a statue of an old car and that is apparently the founder of radiator springs stanley stanley yeah and that character oh. is voiced in one short by john michael wow interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of weird did he know does he know that he, well, I learned that from hearing him say that on this uh, podcast. Okay, so he does so he know does, that. He does know And he's that. been on that, maybe. Uh, um, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Could be no. <laughs> I love, and I don't mean, I don't say this facetiously, I like when anyone does something for, like, a nerdy thing I like and has no, like, love for it. I like or that. investment in it, I know. It's cool. It's really it cool. It is, like, yeah. a cool move, and I don't mean that, I'm not being facetious, like, an actor's in a superhero movie or comic book movie, and they're just like, yeah, I don't know, what, and, like, they don't know answers to questions about the character, like, I, don't, I just showed up, I, whatever, I like it, I don't know why. I remember hearing an interview once with the guy who did the music, this is much more specific, and in our realm, he did the music for Marvel Superhero Island. You oh, know, yeah, you talked about late this. late 90s Marvel music, um... I think the podcast, I, I'm not, I think it's the unofficial Universal Orlando podcast. Um, I, I'm not sure if they're still going, but they had an interview with him and he was explaining, you know, how complicated it was at the time. It was like all the stuff on mini discs and all. And he was like, I'm glad people like it. Um, I really should get down there sometimes. My kids are getting older. Yeah, I think they'd like that <laughs> park. I think they'd like, I really should get down there and see it. <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> Because I'm like, man, you're me. Yeah, it's everywhere. The music, the, the rock, it's everywhere in that part of the park. Yeah. Well, and God uh, knows if I was ever part of a theme park attraction, I would be down there uh, so desperately. I would so be outside telling people yes. about it. I would be like, that? I, you know, me. it's me in there. Like, it would be the smallest role. It wouldn't matter. And I would be, yes, I would be so embarrassing, shamelessly mm-hmm. telling people that I have something to do with it. Yeah, for sure. Like, if, if I was at the. You know, like if I got to be, I don't know, an astronaut in the last two days of a electronics store <laughs> being open, I would probably go in there in a costume, make a bunch of people come to and clap for me. That's probably what I would, how I would. Sure, play it. yeah, I could. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so that that being said, maybe some of my fondness for this attraction is that video. I do remember that being part of a really good cluster where they were using. Really great character actors. I like Wallace Langham and Dinosaur. Course. I like John Michael Higgins in this. And of yes. course, Patrick Warburton uh, in Soren. There's just like a, a neat quality to those things at that time, even if they were kind of like aesthetic free. And this, and I do like the video. I like the part that I said where, you know, there's the sly nod about that test, even though it doesn't pay off the way you want it to. Right. Um, and I like when she gets, he also gives her a little, uh, you know, his, his assistant, 
um, you know, she gets a little free reign to pick a, a test, and then she pulls one up, and he keeps talking, and then a big crash happens, and that, like, and and they don't even acknowledge it. Like, we're gonna give, we're gonna right. give you a test that might uh, crash you like a crash test dummy, and and uh, and that gets a big laugh. I remember, like, uh, yeah, I've watched videos where that that part gets. Laugh. I'm you're right. I am discounting the '90s intro video ness of it. That is yes. There's the there's that specific era whimsy. It's not what I'm I'm talking about. That like or I was talking about before, like it being like that. Like there's a coziness to what we're the, doing. That Showing John Denver esque. Listen to the land. Sure, song. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But this is a different. Yeah. So there is some fun '90s nostalgia of just that vibe. There's no wonder if that, that what you're describing what is, I, is yes. Wonder. There you go. There's but none that's, of that. But I think but that's been that's gone from like all media i think by this time and replaced yeah. by just like rocks like that for <laughs> sure is the that is what happened in the late 90s yeah i mean obviously like tower of terror has like some spooky wonder mm-hmm. um and then yeah rock and roller coaster is not uh doesn't have any wonder in it um but, but this, yeah it's extremely industrial and while i like that video section i remember thinking that the line is unpleasant i have a recollection of like because in that queue you're with a bunch of test gear and there's like uh, uh not sirens going off but oh i guess sirens not audibly but like you know lights flashing and mm-hmm. uh and a bunch of tape everywhere i i realize the vibe of it that queue is like a home depot <laughs> You're in just a big uh-huh. open, like, and it's not, you're not there for aesthetics. It's, you go there to get stuff done, and yeah. a lot of it is orange. <laughs> a lot of it is orange, yeah. No, that's, yeah, you're completely right. That line is a Home Depot. And I also remember a part, I remember getting stuck in the line. Maybe there was a breakdown that I had to wait through the first time I did it. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was some test dummy or something that just kept getting hit over and over again by a giant weight or a yes. giant cinder block. You yeah, remember this? I remember that. Okay, so I'm not making that up. And if you're stuck there for a while, boy, oh boy, is that a grating sound to hear over and over again. <laughs> Somebody getting pummeled, dummy getting pummeled. Yeah. Well, I'll hmm. tell you, I, uh, talking about getting stuck at places, I was always deathly afraid uh, here and at uh, Hershey's Chocolate World, at the Chocolate World ride, um, there is a uh, like an oven there's a heating section of that and there's a heat lamp section of test track ride and i think maybe like an aunt or an uncle told a story about oh we broke down the heat lamp and i was just like oh thank god you survived like i was just so scared oh, of so getting fake, stuck there the fake heat lamp you thought people get stuck there and melt just get cooked yeah that's <laughs> even in chocolate world though you were worried about that i mean I, I were you think worried it, about the I chocolate think you get melting? Mildly uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that works. You get mildly uncomfortable, <laughs> but like mm-hmm. every now and then, as like a kid, like too smart for his own good, I would like work myself into like, oh god, what if we get stuck here? We're screwed. We're fucked. <laughs> the red lights. The are, red yeah. lights. The gentle red lights. Yeah. See, I mean, if you were stuck for eight hours, yeah, maybe it. Yeah, does. that would yeah. be too much. Yeah, yeah, you might for sure. Cast members just standing outside. We're so we're sorry. There's, There's nothing, nothing we to can be do. done. <laughs> this is the one spot we can't evacuate. Track. You knew what you were getting into. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, the ride itself, let's talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go through various tests. Do we have a favorite test? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Something you thought they pulled off well. I mean, as a kid, I liked that breaking test. Mm-hmm. Because it's fast. I mean, it scared me, though. It definitely... Yeah. The ride as a kid, I was a little scared of until the, the I mean, the, fast I, yeah, part. I hate... I mean, there's nothing worse than swerving in a car or, like, fishtailing in a car. So, like, to be able to do it in a controlled environment is a little sure. more to do uh, that exciting. Drift. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's an interesting little simulation. It feels pretty crazy. It, like, and again, that educational part, it's pretty dry. And I read the point that um, anti-lock brakes became not, a, like, an a uncommon feature. So right. why are we pointing this out? all day every day right this is just what cars have now but i guess i didn't realize that they didn't have them and truly if that's what would happen to you in a skidding situation it's sort yeah. of an interesting it is interesting in hindsight but it's yes I, I did not know what the difference in brakes were i mean i can i uh, what the the explanation of when uh, okay here let's sound stupid again anti-lock brakes are <laughs> oh okay you know. so i do know this because when i did driver's ed in high school and again, I was like, Mike, I was late getting my license. Um, so there was the driving portion of driver's ed. And then there was like the classroom portion of driver's ed and the videos and uh, handouts still a little out of date. And so all of the handouts were like, don't slam on your brakes. They will lock up and not work. Doesn't apply in the year 2002, 2003. If you were driving a car made within the last 10 years of that because yeah anti-lock brakes became standard and you mm. can slam on the brakes okay uh gotcha and so but but before you would have to pump the brakes you didn't want to slam on the brakes right the if, difference is I you'd believe. have to like yes as you're saying pump to yeah. get it to stop versus just yes one but your big movement would be to just slam right yeah. that but that would, would you. okay but bad. The, the same the, the same class when we had the final exam we're like hey there's like 10 questions about car insurance and we didn't have a car insurance chapter and they're like <laughs> oh yeah just leave that blank i'll make sure to cross it out and i was like why are we why are we doing the what is this <laughs> what are we doing here um, I think one of the driest things, admittedly, in any attraction is the John Michael Higgins technician, Bill McKim, approving, going through what kind of blocks that you want to use. Uh, <laughs> let's go with the German and the Belgian. And I <laughs> thought, what is that about? And I guess what it is, is that I guess Belgian blocks, this is a real test that they did, that however the streets were paved uh, in Belgium... In World War II, <laughs> tore up the tank treads so hard that they got the reputation for being the worst b blocks, the worst blocks you build a street with. So this mm -hmm. was a test that they ran at this facility in the 70s. And the But like, what a, boy, that's a leap. Who Who's in there mm. knowing about Belgian blocks? Well, and then cut to like one grandfather who like, I'll never forget the Belgian blocks. <laughs> <laughs> They blew out my treads. I was captured. <laughs> that was a little something. Two decades of prison war. Just come off the beaches at Normandy and uh, little something for Grandpa. Although that might have been like he would might have been like not like that because it reminded him. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It was yeah, bad. He, he gets off the ride screaming. This is also like car culture. I mean, car magazines fixing up car like that could be uh, a. Uh, just a term that could be like plus it up that could be an industry term mm -hmm. and there's like you know gearheads listening to this going like you mother of course i know what a goddamn belgium block is 
How many car stupid? <laughs> I was gonna say, how many car heads are listening to podcast the ride? I bet there's some crossover. I mean, there has to be some. Mm-hmm. I would assume, but maybe I'm wrong. And well, we've lost them all today. They're mad. They're very much. mad at us. Yep, they're out forever. They might have like liked every other episode, but this episode, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Boy, these, these knuckleheads get to talk on a microphone like they know something. These dweebs. Um, they wouldn't be wrong. We've gotten a lot wrong. Um, you know, then you start going through like the, 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 the painted hills, the very like plywood, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, your face. And th- this is where, you know, that and the, uh, um, the, you're watching a ride through of the, how the original one was and all right, we're weaving in and out of like, uh, uh, yeah, f- plywood painted green and right. we're going through these little rooms. It's a heat test and a cold test and you're just going, well, this is like escaping from the tractor, but not as good in Radiator Street. I know, that this is... This is like the, yes. the go to the paint or the tire room, but not as good. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that just is where it's at. This is like a big example of a ride that got topped. It just like... And, it, and there wouldn't be Radiator Springs Racers without it. Yeah. So we, we, we thank this ride. We bless this ride. <laughs> um, but it's like almost impossible at this point to to watch it and not just think, well, I'd yeah. rather be thinking about the other one. Well, in the second generation of this technology, which I haven't seen, the journey to the center of the earth ride. And it is journey to the center of the earth. Uh, the uh, My my favorite attraction in Tokyo Disney Sea. I mean, like, that's another. That's applying the same technology in this unreal, magical, Yeah, I'd say more thrilling, more beautiful. For and sure, I got there just yeah. a few years later. Is that 2002? Right, I believe. That, um, now you do take this. Now that that as I do still like test track, and if you think about this type of attraction, like here uh, this slot car variety and the rides that use it, a Radiator Springs, Journey to the Center of the Earth, and Test Track. That's that's a pretty all star group yeah. of attractions for sure. And I yeah. do get test. Well, track that's now. I guess that's really maybe what I was getting at when I was being so negative at the start, where I was like back in the old days, I would have said, "Wow." This is great, but now my interest is waned so severely. But I guess it is because there's just a much better version of it. Yeah, and yeah, that, uh, and that includes the the end, the speed run. It is, yes. I think, undeniably better in Radiator Springs. Now it's not as fast. I was curious about that. Radiator Springs only gets up to forty. Forty. Yeah. And this gets uh, right at the cusp of sixty-five. Right at the cusp. Said. Of so there's 65. more thrill. To it in that final run, which is where you're you're on the outside of the you kind of leave the park and go back into the park and, and right at the end there, kind of where you're passing by the people getting yes. in line. Yeah. It really creates like a, I remember liking that too. You're intimidated getting on it because you you walk oh, on yes. how fast so it goes. Loud. And now it yeah. rattles like crazy. It feels like that thing's coming yeah. apart every time the, the car goes. I don't remember if it was rattling back in the old days or that's just because it's because it's older now. But yes, now it feels like ooh, ooh, ooh. there's an effect I like, um, and I really notice it in the second version. I don't, I couldn't, can't remember if it was in the first version or not. But as they're like, uh, uh, you're about to sort of launch, like the doors open, like at the it seemingly at the very last minute as you're on yes. that speed run. And in the video I watched. I don't think I've ever tried this, but the the uh, I think it was Attractions 360 had posted this video. They were riding it as at like twilight when the sky is very blue, and it almost like complements 
the inside of like the the neon blue grid mm. and then as you are really hitting the speed like the footage the blue and orange lights outside they all start to blur a little and i was like oh this looks pretty cool like it 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 looks uh a lot more of a piece of the indoor section um than as if you were riding it at like noon in the orlando sun you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah that is weird like the the test track 1.0 then you like you're in this ride building and that's all industrial and then you're like in a parking lot was less weird it's kind of similar right but now that you're in magical tron worlds going through <laughs> laser yeah. mountains yeah then, like then you're just in a parking lot it is odd so maybe it is maybe yeah maybe night or twilight is the optimal yeah the, like a it. gray overcast orlando afternoon it's like not quite the thrilling setting for the finale right yeah uh in the newer version there's a lot of like the easter eggs that theme park fans like there's a reference to wed there's a nod to cars there is a couple nods to world of motion oh really so the the newer version since the end of 2012 i mean how do you guys feel about like the the general aesthetic general design because i think at best it does kind of look like a cool like, you know, uh, Tron sort of glowing. And at worst, it kind of looks like a Winamp skin. <laughs> like, it looks like a Zune yeah, aesthetic. You know, you're right. Um, Someone things are flowing when it's just like, yeah, sh- yeah, trippy shapes. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. But also, when I look at modern video games, I'm like, oh, still doing this, huh? Still doing this for, <laughs> for like, start screens and, like, all of that. Sure. It's like, still, still sticking with this, huh? Well, yeah, I, as I said before, like I like cosmic bowling, the cosmic bowling aesthetic, but yeah, it doesn't feel like when you watch those videos of Tron where it feels like a purpose, like it's neon for a reason. It feels like it's just it's like, oh yeah, it looks connected. Like, yeah, why do these things go together? Right. And it's the whole, yeah, the whole new narrative with the different rides and we'll talk about that or with uh, different cars, excuse me, that you can build. Like, it kind of makes sense, but it doesn't feel so right on the money. It feels a little bit more like just, uh, it's a cooler atmosphere, but we just kind of slapped some neon here. The big shift that happened is that in the first version, you're essentially a crash test dummy. A test is happening to you. What's that going to be like? Now you are designing a car. A sim car. To go on the sim track. On the sim track. Now entering the sim track. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're, you're basically like going to do your own test of an experimental car. You help design. That so it's you more like help design. Thinky in a way. And you tap your magic band or your ticket, and then it like, after you design it, and then you tap it when you get in the car, and then you can see your results at the end. Uh, I think a thing I do like in this, and there's a few different like YouTube channels or game channels where they do stuff like this is you can design some truly horrific cars, well, like very small body, very big wheels, the Homer, vice versa. Yeah, the Homer. yeah. Yeah. Yes. You're right. You can, you can really, as a kid, I would have gone nuts for that. I would have loved this part of it. Cause it is fun to make the craziest looking car with like different colors and, yeah, something that would not be practical on the road is... How does this play out in the attraction, though? Like, the the, the, the car that you design? Because you're sharing the car still with five other people. You see some stats, I think, you see stats, at different but, times. Yeah, but, but it's, it's it's nothing. It's, look, they yeah, had... That's what a, I was worried about. It's nothing. I mean, as a kid, it would have been like, whoa, you get to design your own car, and then you get to ride in it, and that's not what's happening. It's the exact same ride. Nothing changes different. And they, obviously, like, they would have to do a lot to the ride to make it 
I don't, yeah, as you're saying, everybody has their own car, so it would be very hard to do it unless everybody collectively designed the car. But yeah, you're just learning at the end how well that car would have done on the track that you just rode on. So it's like nothing about that affects your actual ride. It's literally just you do a cool thing at the start and then at the end you get like numbers that would have like how your car would have responded. Okay. So it's it's not, again, as a kid I would have liked it, but it, and as a kid when you design your own car and then you get in the car, you would be like, oh, it's going to do something. I affected it somehow. And I'm sure if they were building it from the ground up, that's what they would do. Mm-hmm. But they were just trying to come up with a cool a narrative that made sense in like this new cyber world and then just trying to come up with another element to it that makes it seem fun and interactive. Right? Uh, yeah. In the 2010s and late 2000, late aughts, um, you know, I think this is when you started to see more like people talking about like gamification in theme park rides. Yeah. And there's some stuff that where it's like directly in the ride, like men in black or more recently, uh, web slingers, um, and then there's like, all right, we're going to try to put game stuff in the queues. Like we're going to make them interactive and that'll keep people entertained before they wait on the ride and stop them from looking at their phones. And then a shift happened very quickly where they're like, we're putting it in apps. We're not building anything else in the queue. We want to look. Now we want them to look at their phone. Yeah, look at your phones now because you're going to have to do that for uh, food reservations, fast pass reservations, magic pan, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, the philosophy. And I think there's probably something to the idea of like maybe say you you all got around like the whole car gathered around a console and everybody got to choose an element of the ride or something fun that it could do or it could spin around or something and then you could each sort of influence the actual journey i think that would actually feel more i don't know exactly how you would do it but then that would feel like different and feel like you actually affected the ride and i'm sure they would do that if they were building it from the ground up but it's but sort it's, of yeah they had to just mod out what was yeah they just had to do a little extra thing because obviously like spaceship earth they added the whole uh, jib jab sequence mm-hmm. and is that really related to the ride this is age better than jib jab it spaceship certainly earth. has age oh, yeah, better yeah. than jib jab spaceship earth <laughs> uh that's a weird thing too so strange um and, into that. <laughs> yes and it's especially like it was your floating like backwards down spaceship earth and it's kind of like peaceful and magical and you're well, like we would have like, had... like your greeting card <laughs> your e-greeting card version and yourself you living like in the, the jetson's house the you're like what is this it looks like <laughs> like lisa at the caricature uh artist Cuts off your head horribly <laughs> yeah but like i have six black spots in my face uh-huh. yeah your forehead is pitch black the other is totally <laughs> washed out from the flash uh worst photo it's fun to see the worst photo of you ever taken <laughs> right wow, yes. i've never looked worse than this yeah the future is bright uh, maybe they shot um, it on a game boy camera <laughs> look this would have been replaced by the spirit of storytelling or whatever but unfortunately covid oh that's right yeah COVID got rid of that Jib, it saved jib jab like 12 more years of it at least yeah uh you know what i like are the way that the mountains are rendered i really it's that like vapor wave yeah no i agree retro, i, I love and you see like a lightning strike on yeah. those and you know in kind of a weird retro future city retro you know future i dig city. all that i yeah. like there's mo i think you're right jason you're you're correct that some of some of it is just trippy lights and it's a little lazy but when they get the aesthetic right it's really cool and more aesthetically pleasing, obviously, than what was there before, which was, you know, d- drawers and desks. 
It's like, you see, they're, they're restricted by still, I think they were still restricted by like, like the mission statement of Epcot at the time. Because if I was pitching on it, I would have been like, let's just add some like characters. Let's let's add like you know, Johnny Neon, who's uh, trying to make the big race at the end. Like he's trying to win his girl back at the big race or something. But you can't do that. It's still got to kind of be like learning, at least at this point. Now, I guess it doesn't have to be. Maybe if they were redoing it now, it would, they would just, it would, uh, Cruella's racing uh, through something and they, it doesn't matter. The Cruella overlay yeah. uh, within the year, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's a miracle that GM is stuck with this pavilion for as long as they have when so many others have like jumped ship and it has right. worked. Uh, in the way the original like Epcot, you know, it's like, well, we're going to get sponsors to help cover the cost of these pavilions and then they will help us upgrade them every so often. And GM kind of has. Wow. Yeah, it happened. The thing yeah. that never happened. It happened. They actually put more money in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Mike, you did mention like getting some characters in there and in merchandising, they did oh, okay. uh, get some characters in there. I'm, of course, talking about Crash Test Dummy Goofy. Oh. Right. And so this is a more pleasant version of him. But at one point in time, they were also showing, Scott, because you mentioned it, the uh, eyes, <laughs> goofy, crash test dummy goofy with the circular yellow and mm. black crash test eyes. Real scary. Uh, really yeah. disturbing. Industrial yeah. sticker eyes. <laughs> yeah, is mm-hmm. he dead? He's... I. Did they put those over his eyes because, like, they were shot out? This seems like something that came from the twisted mind of Mr. Banksy. Oh, yeah. Was that from Dismaland? Is um, that true? Theme parks plus, like, caution tape equals Dismaland. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, yeah. That's from the twisted twisted mind. Um, I was thinking, Scott, if you had still some of from the Comic-Con installation, how would you overlay a Moonbeam City onto this test track? Oh boy! Well, that's just—I was thinking that's that was my uh, that was my biggest fuck up with the show is not having a mountain range that was like that. Oh right, <laughs> right. If you but leave you could, the city, it just looks like that. It just becomes a laser grid. You could change it to being a cityscape. Um. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but that cityscape—that's pretty right on. I don't. I think I wasn't even aware they were doing this when we were. Making the show mm. while well, recording this next to my garage, where I have every element of the. Oh, you solve all two of it. Day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have every <laughs> every part of it. Uh, no, send that back to me, please. Thank you. Because if you don't know what we're talking about, it at Comic Con 2014, there oh, was my a Jesus activation. Yeah, yeah. A long time ago now, there was a, a a small laser tag activation of my show Moonbeam City, and I got to essentially have a themed experience for mm-hmm. two wonderful days. And I have all of it. Every bit of black light. The wow, characters we can put it big. back up. Um, I what's? Oh yeah, yeah. No, we, oh that's true. Yeah, we could just do it. Do it for fans. Um, wow, you know we talked about. It. I don't know if I'm leaking another idea of mine here, but uh, eventually doing like some sort of horror, like maze, Halloween maze. But maybe uh, part of it. That's true. You know what? There's this. something. This has been a long episode, but there's something I want to say about that uh, that element. I'll, I'll I'll bring it in quick at the end here. Sure, sure. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, what do you do? Well, there were you know we did have cars. I forget da- uh, you know dazzled Novak's car. I forget what it was. I know that Rad the Wolf Forte character drove a car called the Girth 150. <laughs> so if there was a way, it was a car. It was a a, a big Hummer. That had, uh, I think, 
I was like, it should have not just truck nuts, it's like seven. And they should be not <laughs> symmetrical. They're just like all over. It's, they aren't lined up nicely. Uh-huh. They're just kind of like, eh, a couple over there, and these are too close together. Uh, so, you know, yeah, it'd be a movie city experience if it was a, a race between uh, the Girth 150 and mm-hmm. um, the Glit. Was it like the the Glitterati, the Glitter? I don't even, how do I not know this about mm. my own thing? Gl- Glimmer was in it. God damn, what was it? Um, but, you know, if it's, uh, yeah, you're in Red's Girth 150, and... Um, that's great. That's what could have happened if the show ran for ten years and was and <laughs> Disney purchased Viacom, which they would have, I think, to get after that Sweet Movie City property, so that they could yeah. do this overlay. Sure, yeah, would have been a whole other world, right? So, wow. Um, um, so I do, yeah. Hey, look, it 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 has an aesthetic that I I really really love, and mm-hmm. the, and it and it is a a, a step towards. It's the thing we talk about with Tomorrowland all the time. Lasers are always the future. Neon is always the future. Mm -hmm. Don't overthink it. They figured it out with the Tron coaster and with this. And Mm -hmm. there's a it's a kind of a lazy iteration of it in some regards, but like uh, more more aesthetically pleasing than it was. I do miss Bill McKim. If there was a like a hologram of Bill McKim, (laughs) um, or if you had to rescue Bill McKim in a Tron type fashion, he's stuck in the sim track. Mm -hmm. I would like that. Um, yeah, I think there's a way. I think there's some sort of overlay actually that takes this thing to another level. I do think that. I'm. I don't. I know it's controversial. Mission Space. Bye bye. As far as I'm concerned, get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen, seen some people really reject that idea lately. But no, I don't. Don't like it. I do not like it. Um, but yeah, the test track. I feel like there's something to do. You can do something with it. I think, I think it's yeah, there's one more. I think there's one more. There's you like a final things form. Up, you make them squeal a little less. Yeah, maybe it involves some changing of the track outside, and it's adding some things, robot, I don't know, something to outside, but I bet there's something, final form for Test Track, that could take it to the level I'm looking for. I'm sure if Charon Legacy had been a big hit, they may have tried, like, going mm, yeah, full maybe. Tron with it, but they also have the limitation of, like, well, GM wants to... Chevrolet wants to show off their nice well, cars. Well, that's true. Maybe you got to kick Chevrolet. Maybe you got to kick them out. Maybe you have no sponsor. And take it purely into the realm of fantasy. Can you just put the cars in there? Is that okay? Mm, maybe. Put Doesn't the cars really fit in. Epcot so well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is it like, it's all of their, it's like the future of Cars Worlds. It's like all of their yeah. Jetsons. Uh, you know, it's Mater 5000. Oh, yes. But he looks like shit still. <laughs> But yeah. like chrome, dad. Now he's rusty chrome. Okay, that's good. Yeah, and he's got like some like futury sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just like, put the yeah cars. Yeah. Lightning McQueen, the twelfth. It's all of their ancestors. Laser McQueen. Laser McQueen. Kachel. Future Kachel. He would have to say something similar, but like futury. Kachelatron. Kachelatron. Yeah. Uh, so that's yes, you're right. The cars is the answer. Yeah, just put the cars on. Cars, cars, five thousand. <laughs> cars, five thousand. Who wouldn't like does that? It's, oh yeah, it's cool. It's like kind of the future of cars. Wow, that's neat. Yeah, and it's just it's the exact same track. You don't even do anything to it. It's just full of animatronic yeah. cars wearing future sunglasses and like future like ju- uh, silvery jumpsuit stuff. Mm-hmm. Like like they're all wearing like Get all the same models. Yeah, exactly. Slow Just, down. You're not cyber racing yet. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. This is easy. This is drag and drop. That script then, is uh, done in an hour. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then they're playing tequila when they're souping you up, but it's like got a, a beat. It's like a techno version. Or what? No, they're not playing tequila. Are they playing? What are they playing? What song am I thinking I think of? 
They're playing the wars. Uh, it's oh, lowrider, lowrider. Yeah. Sorry, why, why did I think it was uh, tequila? Da, 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 da. Yeah. No, that's too fun. That's not <laughs> right, the right song. Yeah, it's lowrider. Um, um, yeah, laser rider. It's it's yeah. Just replace that with pew 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 pew. It's laser sounds. Yeah, perfect. All right, done. yeah, it's done. Honestly. All right, throw the cars in there. It's the future of the cars. Uh, I, th- I think we cracked it. Yeah, I think you're you right. Survive podcast the ride. It is cracked. Uh, test track edition. And just before the plugs, what you just said about I think us doing some sort of themed activation. I I do feel inspired. I feel like the game has been upped by something that I just came from this weekend. I came. I'll keep this quick. I came from the event BugCon. Um, if you know Bug Main, if you know Bugsy the gangster, imagine an event where you could swim in the aesthetics of <laughs> Bug Main and Bugsy. If you the the people out there, however you feel about Bugsy on our show, imagine. <laughs> Just like living in Bugsy for two mm-hmm. straight days, and that's what this is. There are some listeners I think who went to uh, who went to BugCon and who I met at BugCon. There was an experience that was there briefly, and I tweeted about it. It was called the Tomorrow War Operation Rescue, <laughs> and uh, it exp- this was everything you want out of a themed experience. It expanded yes. the world of the film. Uh, it imagined a scenario where Cohen, the character played by Mike Mitchell, past <laughs> guest of the show. Uh, where he, his, and so spoiler alert, things don't work out so well for Cohen, but in the attraction, Operation Rescue, what if it went a little differently? And what if, after you yourself do battle with the white spikes, you have to face the white spikes with laser guns, uh, and then you round, you round a corner, and there is Cowan himself. And I'm still not even sure how they did this. Was it an animatronic? Was it a very realistic wax figure whose mouth moved? Was it... Uh, Mitch being made to humiliate himself for three straight <laughs> hours and and stand and, and mm-hmm. act like a robot over and over again as group after group went by. <laughs> it's hard to say, but I feel like I got to wit. I witnessed a very spirited themed attraction. Uh, uh, I couldn't believe how well they pulled it. It was like it was so scrappy. It didn't it hadn't even come together in the morning, mm-hmm. and then it, and then by uh, two, it was thrilling everyone. People were making the jump to the future to 2050 Miami, uh, and it, it was the, the the hit of BugCon, and uh, it made me think maybe there is some PTR themed attraction. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Yes, um, I think we could do if they could do it. I think credit to I believe Jack Allison and Charles Ingram pulled this together. Mm-hmm. The true. Imagine aspiring Imagineers. They should send a video to Imagineering and get hired because uh, that'd this be great. Was, this was very quality. Uh, um, so I'm so amped from that, and I want to say one more thing because I have this right here. Uh, I met some uh, listeners to the show, and I think I I think I'm gonna fuck up their names. I know one is Kyler, and the other is is it Emmy? Is it Ellie? Is it Effie? It's a name like that, okay. and I might not have gotten it still. And I'm so sorry, and I owe you better than that because. I got the best listener gift that I've ever received. And this is not anything that I expect from the audience of the show. The audience is great. You don't need to bring us things. Hmm. But I, I could not mention it even in a long episode. Uh, gentlemen, look what is in my possession now. Oh my God. Wait. This is a... Hold it by you, your computer. So we with, can, with light? Light yeah, it up? up a little boy. Do you recognize it? I... Oh, I do. The Peach Boys. This is a sign that says the Peach Boys. Wow. And from the aforementioned, the fries experience Whoa. Uh, that I talked about in this episode, a long time ago, I talked about fries electronics and how they had a smoothie stand with only yeah. like two themed options. 
for their smoothies, and one of them is the Peach Boys. So I have the like the slat from the Sacramento fries. This was really there. Wow. This is from uh, fries in Sacramento. They went to like a liquidation thing and got this and they and I think there was another smoothie that they were fond of and they got their tab <laughs> and then they said you know what we should bring this one the peach boys back to Scott Gardner if we wow. ever run into Scott Gardner wow. and they did they did it at BugCon so nice. I was so moved uh, and the best part it is actually a magnet so I can put this up on my fridge wow. as I have uh, they also got me a Charlie Chip pin the famous mascot of Fries yeah, Electronics and I mean, this has given me such joy every time I've seen it. I've only been with it for not even 48 hours. I'm still getting used uh, to, to being with the Peach Boys, the Sacramento <laughs> smoothie sign. So thank you guys wow. so much. I'm sorry I fucked up your names. Uh, yeah, so, so, so thrilled. Thank you guys so much. That's great. Um, so, uh, all right. All that is a little postscript. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, uh, you know, uh, visit BugCon 2022 and uh, friends <laughs> for us. Uh, check us out on all the socials, Merchant, RT, Public Store, and three bonus episodes every month at Podcast the Ride, the second gate at patreon.com slash podcast the ride. Um, what else? That's a lot. There's oh, yeah, lot that's there. a lot. Um, you know, um, I'm just, you I'll, know, I'm just going to uh, everybody dream of peach banana, pineapple juice, and apple juice. <laughs> Ingredients of a delicious peach boys. <laughs> Done, says Jason. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced Dog. by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. <laughs>